Okay, real quick, before we start the episode, the contest, I forgot to mention how you enter. It's the same as every week. I'm going to put out a Facebook post about this movie. I'm also going to put out a tweet about this movie on Twitter. All you have to do is either retweet the tweet or share the Facebook post and send me a screenshot of what you've uh, shared or retweeted to comments at Pop Culture Leftovers with the title of the movie, and you'll be entered for the contest. All right, enjoy the episode. Warning, Pop Culture Leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop Culture Leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop Culture Leftovers typically has a long runtime as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle Pop Culture Leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest. If you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 353. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, paint it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Sure talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're we're the Leftovers. Yeah, Jake, welcome back. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Good to be back. I yeah. missed you guys for two weeks. Yeah. Hey, you know, give us a, give us some updates. Where the fuck were you? I, I was moving. We, me and Michelle moved into a new apartment, and yeah, it's just me and Michelle and Maui the cat now. How is Maui? Maui's great. You can tell he loves the new place. So it's a lot more room for him to run around. Um, yeah, he loves it. It was hilarious the first day we were here, though, because he was just kind of real low to the ground, sneaking around everywhere, poking his head around every corner, looking in every little spot he could get into. Yeah, Maui's their their third roommate. He's a human. I know this sounds weird. (laughs) 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 It's Jake's cat, everybody. Yeah, it was super funny. I just watched him for about an hour when we brought him in here finally, and it, it was pretty hilarious. That's awesome. I'm happy. I'm happy Maui's doing well. That 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 really makes me happy. Yeah, I, I was kind of worried. The way he was acting on night one, I was a little bit worried, like, how quickly he was getting used to it. But by, by night two, he was already just lounging and chilling everywhere. Jake, I got a fun fact here. Fun fact. All right. As a child, as a child, I thought the group Hall & was actually pronounced 
Holland oats. And uh, for a time, I wondered what the significance of oats in Holland were. This is a true story. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> I also, also, oh, go ahead. Did you have, did you have something to say? Did you think like the movie Mr. Holland's Opus had like some kind of connection to the band? Oh, I, I thought I watched Mr. Holland's Anus, which is the porn version. And no, <laughs> <laughs> no I also thought, hold on. I also thought that the lyrics to the Rolling Stones Beast of Burden was pizza burning. That's very plausible, though. For for the longest time, I thought it was about a burning pizza. (laughs) I was like, the instructions are clearly marked on the back of the box. There should be no reason you're burning that pizza. It was the 70s. They didn't know how to cook. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We are, we are not alone, Jake. We are not alone. We are joined by Stephanie Chapman from PopCultureLeftovers.com. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Excited. What are you, what are you excited for? I'm excited to talk to you guys. I'm excited to talk about stuff we watch. And Good. Jesse's, I'm excited for all the gents. Jesse Spano over there. <laughs> Put down the caffeine pills, you crazy bitch. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're also joined by Paul Hart from Movies from the Heart and the Animated Batcast. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for having me on. My excitement level is at average right now. Okay, Paul, we got to, we got to, you know what? I like you evened out, though. You know what I mean? Sometimes you get on here and you're like a feral cat. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes you're, you're like a dog that hasn't been neutered and you're just pissing on everything, humping everything. You know what I mean? So it's nice to have an even, the, nice to have an evened out Paul. You gotta spray me with the apple, with, with the bitter apple, yeah. I know you got it. <laughs> Marking your territory all the goddamn time. Got a question, got a question for everybody. Is it just me or does Samara Weaving always look like she's ready to sneeze? <laughs> yeah. No, it is not just you. <laughs> Every time I look at, I, and I think even Hugo, Hugo, I think it's all of the weavings. They just look like when they come out of the womb. I just want to say Kazuntite. The whole, the whole fucking family looks like they have to sneeze anyway. Jake, welcome back. We could do iTunes reviews now. Oh, we didn't do iTunes reviews for two weeks. We must have like fifty of them. Oh yeah, yeah, just a plethora of iTunes reviews. Here we go. <laughs> Now it's time for iTunes reviews. It's not even fucking playing. What the fuck? Hold on. <laughs> I think, hold on. Ah, pause. All right, we're recording again. Here we go. iTunes, iTunes reviews. <laughs> iTunes reviews. It's First iTunes review comes from, and hold on, there's a lot going on with this one. It's very, it's very, very short, but uh, there's a lot going on with it. The name, the comment, uh, anyway, it's titled, This Might Be Entertaining, and it comes from Dr. Doom Jr. Any guesses on the rating? 
Mm, I'm going to say two stars, yeah. Three. One star. Dr. Doom Jr. says, this might be entertaining if I was still 10. And that's the entire <laughs> review. <laughs> Jake, are we, I don't know, like Kevin Spacey, are we chasing the wrong demographic? Should we be going after the 10-year-olds? Oh, shit. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I fucking said it. <laughs> How the fuck old is Dr. Doom Jr. anyway? He can't be that old. Thank you. What's up with the name? What's up with the fucking... Here's the thing. You can click on... When you get into iTunes, you can click on their name and see what other fucking reviews they're leaving. Listen to this one. I don't know who he left it for, but uh what's it say? Oh, it's it's titled Don't Bother. It's a one star. And it says, unless you're a 12-year-old boy, there is nothing here for you. So I don't know. I, Jake, I don't know if we should be even more insulted that like we're not even fit for like the 12 year olds like we're fucking we're, we're 10 <laughs> oh here's here's another review by the guy for the fucking sesame street podcast five stars taught me how to count <sighs> yeah i don't know like five stars this is fit for 10 year olds or something i don't know just ridiculous taught me how to count <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, so that's from Dr. Doom. And now my fucking, now my fucking iTunes reviews are locked up. There we go. <laughs> it's fucking Dr. Doom. He put his beam on him. Ah, Jesus Christ. Why is this I'll happening show right this now? Podcast. <laughs> Pause. Trying to. Alright, yeah, we're back. Yeah, Dr. Doom Jr. Jeez. Are you offended, Jake? Are you offended that we lost Dr. Doom Jr.? No, I'm not offended at all. If it was Dr. Doom Sr., maybe, but fuck Jr. God, this guy, I don't know, man. I, I, I have, I know that I wouldn't like this person. <laughs> no. I, I agree. I, I don't think I would like him very much either. Yeah. Uh. You never take a junior seriously. I mean, like, I'm thinking about, like, Mario games. Like, you got Bowser, but then when you gotta go up against Bowser Jr., you just kinda don't give a fuck. What about, uh, Donkey Kong Jr.? You walk by that game and say, fuck this game. Get some shit on it. Get some shit on it. Paul's over there slapping the machine. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking call security. Like, what is is wrong with this guy? You don't intimidate me, machine. Ah, What about Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, you know, I completely have to walk back my statement now. Oh, my God. Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) Okay. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> what about Junior Mint, Paul? I was gonna go there. That was my next thing. I knew you were gonna steal my Junior Mints. I was gonna talk about. I was gonna talk about Paul just destroying Junior Mints in the aisle of a supermarket. Uh, <laughs> well, on the ground over my head. Anyway. There's some good juniors. Yeah, so that we had a one. Jake, it's been a while since we had a, a one star. It's been even longer since we had a really good one. So. Yeah, that was not not much to work with. On I know, and he's like, he's just reusing the same shit, but he's just throwing out different ages there. He's obsessed with young boys. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> the Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I think he might have one of the fucking lawsuits that the Boy Scouts of America is going through right now. <laughs> uh, he just earned his fucking badge for being a cunt on this show. Anyway, uh, this one's titled... Uh, I had a dream. What you just talked about fucking Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> oh my god. 
I'm not even joking. That is the fucking title. Hilarious. <laughs> Paul hates it. This is stupid. <laughs> uh, it's by or a nickname, and it's uh, it goes on to say, "Last night I had a dream that Brian contacted me to be part of a show. He filled me in on the week's topic, and I was so excited to." finally have a chat with everyone in this podcast then i woke up i've always wanted to reach out on social media and be part of the leftover army but i don't do social media i keep away from facebook twitter and instagram because i see it all as a time waster and unneeded drama at times i love film love it with a passion and have finally decided to make a go of it as a career your podcast is the only one i listen to for movie reviews i love the banter and respect the opinion of each guest so so much that I try to watch everything you all recommend. I don't exactly know how long I've been listening for, but I know it's been a long time. I remember Jay being a regular on the podcast for some time and then disappearing. I've always uh, wanted to leave a review, and yes, it's taken a long time for me to do so. Uh, it took an odd dream to do it. Why the hell would I dream of a podcast? It's weird. So I had to leave a review after that. Many podcasts have come and gone, but PCL has remained coming Hey, <laughs> Jake, I think this might, oh, hey, hey, he laughed at, at the coming thing. And then he goes on to say, Jake, I think this might be my favorite iTunes review of all time. So he's quoting Jake there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a great review, though. I kind of like it. Yeah, I like it, too. I like it, too. That was a fun review. Had a, had a fucking dream. Do you believe he had a dream? That's fucking crazy. That is crazy. I do believe it, though. If he's yeah. taking this long to contact us or right. leave a review or email us, I, I do believe that this is what caused it. And he remembers Jay being on the show, Leftover Jay. Mm. Yeah, uh, I barely remember Jay. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> we got to get Jay back on. We'll have him back on. Yeah, uh, uh, let's see here. We got uh, five star here from Ryan Russell 91. I drive a ton for work, and this is my go-to podcast. Good pop, but, uh, good pop, bad pop is a must catch every week. Always trust their opinions and try to watch everything they Tupperware and high taste. Other than, I like that, man. Even the stuff we high taste, I feel like sometimes people just fucking disregard the high tastes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate that because the high taste is, is very, very good. I try not to dole out the Tupperwares. So high taste means, you know, it's good shit. Yeah. Yep. High taste means good shit. That's on our website. We broke it down that way. We got a whole breakdown. <laughs> and right next to high taste, it says good shit. Uh, other than Jake's hatred for MCU Spider-Man or Brian's love for bad action movies, you can trust them with all that is pop culture. Brian, add a leftover army page to the pop culture leftovers website so people without Facebook can get involved. Just a suggestion. Don't make this a timestamp thing. That is not going to happen because we well, used no. to be able to let. Uh, we used to have comments enabled on the uh, on the uh, on the site, and uh, got a lot of cunts visiting there and and uh, dropping things. It was. It started to turn into not real, not as bad, but like in a way, it started to turn into like YouTube comments sometimes. So. Yeah, a lot of our more spiteful listeners seemed to go that route when it came to uh, trying to start shit with us. Yeah, yeah, it definitely went that way because they could, they could, uh, I don't know, they could remain, um, you know, uh, anonymous. anonymous. Thank you. Yeah, couldn't think of the fucking word. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Ryan Russell, ID one. Um, next, yeah, look, look at Ryan. He's ten years old and driving a truck. <laughs> 
I, I'm, I'm, I don't. I didn't get it. I'm, I'm lost. It was a callback to the Doctor Doom Jr. Oh, I film. knew that. I knew that. But like, what? Leaves ten and driving a truck. Was it the nine plus one in in ninety one? I didn't even do that kind of Batman detective work, Paul. But I like it. <laughs> oh my god! I I I need to mute both of you. How do I do that? Um, <laughs> I'll do it myself. Yeah, me too. I wish this was like that show Around the Horn, where I could just fucking like mute you guys. <laughs> Or my fucking classroom now. I just get to mute uh, whenever my students speak. And then uh, they can't unmute themselves, so I have to draw a picture of the microphone and hold it up in the camera so they know what to press. But, yeah, maybe you should start doing these on Zoom so you can uh, you can just mute my ass on what, dumb jokes. Well, what's fucked up is, like, next week I'm going to get, like, I'm going to get somebody that says that the, the, the Jake truck joke was just the best thing ever. <laughs> it was just, like, that was the one. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the joke that just landed, and they, it, it just just that's when hilarity ensued for them in this episode. The Jake Truck joke. <laughs> <laughs> Even I don't think it was funny, so I, I don't know how that's gonna happen. Uh, you're driving me crazy, Jake. That's what you. That's anyway. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, you remember Roger on uh, on Family on Family Guy, not Family Guy, American Dad, where he, he dressed up as a Jamaican dude and he's like Jamaican me crazy. <laughs> I love Roger, the fucking Jim J. Bullock alien. Oh my god, I love Roger so much. Uh, anyway, um, this is uh, this last one comes from Taryn Knapp. And it's actually titled Opposing Dr. Doom Jr. What? And it's a five star. I am not kidding you. <laughs> we got flame wars going I on. I know. I know. It's it's actually turned into uh, the comment section on, po- on, on the website here. Um, <laughs> it goes, it says, uh, I'd like to counter Dr. Doom Jr.'s negative with a positive. Uh, I'm not 10. In fact, I'm quite mature and enjoyed the hell out of these guys. Fun banter. This is a lonely year, and this group makes me feel like I'm part of a night out with friends. I've been meaning to review for some time and want to touch on all the positives in one. It's not possible because I like so much about this show, and it compiles weekly. Brian, and they spelled my name Brain here. They this, they fucked up my name completely, and I know they're doing it on purpose. You're doing it on purpose just to fucking rile me up. I know you are. They, it's a lowercase b. It's a lowercase b, lowercase r. Then it's an a, and it's an uppercase a. For some fucking reason, it's Brain with an uppercase a. Everything else is fucking lowercase on it. Brain is always funny and entertaining, even when his self-deprecation runs away with him. Jake, Jake, does it really run away with me? I think it's pretty damn genuine. Yeah, and I think you're in control of it, too. Unlike my self-defecation, that is a completely (laughs) different thing. I literally just shit my pants right now talking to you guys. So (laughs) You're a master of the mute button. (laughs) I am. I am. Uh, his self-deprecation runs away. Jake is intelligent and also hilarious. And the guests, oh, that, yeah, they, they must have heard that truck joke. <laughs> they already heard the truck joke. 
<laughs> Jake, Jake was practicing his stand-up, and he's like, yeah, that's going to make the final set for my Netflix special. That's that's making the Netflix special. I fuck, I've toured that joke in Boston and in fucking <laughs> – and in Seattle. They love it on both coasts. Yeah, go, you know if it plays on both coasts, you're good to both go. Both coasts, you're good to go. Everybody gets it, man. Um, Jake is intelligent and also hilarious. I'm going to put that one in quotes. I don't, I, <laughs> I'm kidding. And the, and, and the, and the guests, they, ha- no, you're funny, Jake. I'm fucking with you. Don't even. I, I wasn't insulted in the least. Jesus. And the guests they have on have really have, uh, taken, uh, notes on the shows. Uh, they go back and forth from childhood. To st- if you wondered why I sounded so fucked up saying that it's because it's written kind of fucked up. Um, they go back and forth from childhood nostalgia, many intricate reviews that give great variety of feedback and opinions and touch on fascinating topics currently circulating today's pop culture. Too much on Chris Evans, member. But hey, we've moved on, I hope. I don't, hey, they, I, Jake, can we, is that like something that we can move on from the whole Chris Evans penis thing? I mean, I think like it was kind of a, it was a big thing. I don't know. It, literally a big thing. But like, I don't, you know. <laughs> Is it one of the, are we being immature? Are we, are we placating to our fucking 10 year old audience? Like all of our talking points. So how could we not talk about it for multiple weeks, right? It, it deals with an actor that's in the Avengers movies. It's talking about penises. Yeah. It's talking about. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It how hit, can we not talk about this? It hit every fucking thing that this show like loves. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> see. I'll write in again soon with more good vibes for you all. Thanks for bringing fun to a rough year. Love you, and I love the camaraderie you share. And that comes from Taryn. Thank you, Taryn. Standing up for us. Standing up for us against Dr. Doom Jr. Dr. Doom Jr., evil as fuck. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Dr. Doom Jr. (laughs) Oh, man. You think he's listening? I I think he's done. Oh, I bet he's listening. That, when when I hear a review like that, I really do think the people like hate listen at that point. Yeah, and he knows our style. He knows we read these reviews. He's probably waiting for this moment. Yeah, might be. Oh, fuck you, Doctor Dip Junior. Little cunt. Um, let's see here. Oh, we got, I got some emails, and I wanted to read these. Um, uh, John Counts sent an email and he said, did I miss it or has no one called out Brian's super loud vaping on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I quit smoke. I got to do something. I got to do something. But really, you guys are the best. Quarantine has been crazy to say the least, and I've been somewhat of a hermit, so it fills my heart with joy each time I see another PCL episode pop up on my iTunes. Wait, now, this is sounding more like an iTunes review. Anyway... I have so much to say, but for now, Brian, thank you for introducing me to the Goldbergs. I fucking love it. Almost on the third season. I think that's where I think I dropped off of the Goldbergs. Um, that's where it does not. Yeah, it starts to lose its uh, value there. Uh, shout out to Jake, too, of course. Do you think we'll ever get a better cinematic version of Dark Tower? Mm, I think the best we can hope for is maybe a series on one of these streaming services. Well, I, aren't they looking at doing that? That was yeah, the, that was the plan. We've been talking about it for a while. Yeah. Uh, if anyone hasn't watched, P.S. If anyone hasn't watched it yet, SNL was awesome tonight. Uh, I haven't caught 
up much since last year, but this one is getting me right back into it. And the surprise guest for the opener was on point. Nine out of ten hectares for sure. Hectares, that is a callback. But, um, yeah, but, um, I haven't watched the new SNL. I, I'm going to. I'm going to. I heard some really great things about it, so I am going to be watching that. I watched it. I thought it was eh. Really? Really? Yeah. I, I thought the opener was pretty decent, but most of the sketches were pretty flat to me. Hmm. I, I thought it was. I think traditionally the season premiere of SNL is usually not that great. I feel like the live comedy show kind of picks up steam episode four, episode five. I was excited with the uh, the announcement that we're getting Issa Rae and Bill Burr as hosts this season. Oh, my God. Oh, I hadn't seen that for either of those people. Yeah, I'm a huge Bill Burr fan, so this is going to be great. I cannot wait to see him on SNL. I think he's tonight, right? Is he tonight? Oh, I fuck. he's tonight. That's yeah. awesome. Hmm. Uh, the only thing I've read about tonight is they had to switch musical guests because the previous musical guests like broke COVID rules. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he was making out with like eight ladies at the bar supposedly, and then he had to resend his invitation. <laughs> I didn't know that was the reason. That's hilarious. Who is the musical guest? Some someone I've never heard of, and I, I I'm I'm pretty good with music usually. Country that makes sense. Why I wouldn't know? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, and then uh, Jonathan uh, sent me a uh, donation. I wanted to thank him that. He he sent me a donation, and he said, put this towards a month worth of the payment on that Mandalorian figure. Um, or also because PCL is free, and I'm fucking obsessed with it. So sent me – and so I after you sent me the donation, I felt like I had to get the hot toy – and so I did. I used that to to get the the first payment for the hot toy, and um, so starting in late February, I'm going to be making a monthly payment so I can get this amazing Mandalorian hot toy figure. Oh God, it's fucking gorgeous! So thank you so much. That was so awesome. But like the donations didn't stop there. We got one more uh, from Kyle B, and it was a the subject is all the love, and it goes on to say, "You guys make my week." I can't wait for my Monday pop culture leftovers. Longtime listener, keep up all your amazing work. Love you guys. Thank you for being part of my week. P.S. I like Clark Duke, but Arkansas is a toss it for sure. I love it when they throw in their personal opinions at the end of at the end of an email or something. I love it. Arkansas still polarizing. It's so pol Arkansas of all movies. <laughs> um, I still like Arkansas. I don't give a fuck. I thought it was a fun movie. No, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I know. You Tupperware it. <laughs> so, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. I liked it a lot. No, but thank you for the donation. I, I used uh, part of that donation to um, order a new power cord for my mixer because the one I have is beat the fuck up. These power cords that the Behringer makes for these are just shit. So I bought a new one from Guitar Center who said it was in stock and then three <laughs> days later Guitar Center sends me an email saying we're currently out of stock on this but we'll send it to you as soon as it's available. <laughs> I like the voice of the Guitar Center. <laughs> that's, that's what Guitar Center fucks sound like. Yo, don't worry about it. I don't know. I, the voice changed a little bit. It's, 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 you're, a, not, you're not wrong. It's an ever evolving voice, Jake. It goes all over the place. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Guitar Center is like fucking uh, James McAvoy in that split movie. 
<laughs> you never know what you're going to get with fucking Guitar Center. All over the fucking place. Oh, man. Uh, oh, fuck. So thank you, Kyle B., for the fucking donation. Jake thanks you as well. Hells yeah. There, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Wait, guess what, guys? It's time. It's time for some contest winners. Oh shit. Oh shit. We got, uh, the first one. First contest is for the five digital codes for most wanted. The, uh, this is the, uh, Jim Gaffigan, Josh Hartnett movie. And, uh, so here we go with the five winners of the, uh, most wanted, the, uh, Josh Gaffigan, Hartnett, Jim Hartnett movie. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a ridiculous human being. <laughs> uh, uh, first winner, Monica Garola. She won last week, and she's winning again. You're a big fucking winner. Ah, there you sorry. go, Monica. Hey. Here we go. Next winner is... Rob Forrest. Rob Forrest. All right. Cool. Want a digital copy? I'll get that sent out to you. Number three. Dr. Doom Jr. wins. No, <laughs> yeah, boo. <laughs> oh, you fucking yes. asshole. Uh, no, it's Nicholas Centones. I, I probably said your name wrong, but Nicholas, you won. All right, number number four. Who do we got here? Mm. Adam Cornette. Adam Cornette. Right. Oh, Long time yay. listener. All right, and the final winner for Most Wanted. Let's see here. Hold on. We're going to get there. I swear. Photo finish. Brandon Olson. Brandon Olson. All right. <laughs> Brandon Olson, who I took the who, – who was the first loser in that one contest, ends up winning Most Wanted. So there you go, Brandon. All right. Now we've got to do – those are the winners for Most Wanted. Now I've got to do the winners. This is for uh, the new Crash Bandicoot game. I've got five digital codes for the PS4 for the new Crash Bandicoot 4. Uh, it's I think it's called Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Correct. And gonna give away five copies. Here we go. First winner. <laughs> Joshua Jarzab. So I will send you your digital code. What are you giggling you about? His name? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. How dare you laugh at anyone's name. That's what the so, fuck? So terrible. Oh my god! Can you mute yourself while you're fucking mocking our guest names? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sure he's a lovely person. Okay, I'm muting. Muting. All right. Next winner is again Joshua Jarzap wins again. You're getting two copies. All right. Here we go. Second winner. Linda. I don't even want to say anybody's fucking name now. I'm like, I just. Stephanie, just fucking mute your shit, okay? When you're being insensitive to people's last names, <laughs> mute your fucking shit, okay? She did too. 
<laughs> All right, the winner, the second winner is Linda Atani. So Linda is the winner of a Crash Bandicoot number four. All right, number three, who do we have uh, winning a copy of this digital copy of this fucking game? Connor Petrie. Connor Petrie. He does a website, CRP Rights, and uh, we've kind of collaborated with them. In the past, they've, we've got our, uh, web, our website fucking, uh, posted on their website and vice versa. So thank, Connor, you win a fucking copy of the game. Number four, who's gonna be the big fucking winner here? (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie's still muted, I think. Let's see. Andrew Vermette. Andrew Vermette. You won. Thank God, Stephanie was muted. God, thank God. (laughs) She's over there. She's like, she's like fucking like full snot laughing now. (laughs) Breathing into a paper bag. (laughs) (laughs) These, these names, they just keep upping the ante on these, (laughs) on these funny names. Last one is Dick Mount. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was waiting for that joke. It still caught me off guard. Uh, oh, boy. Last winner is Tammy Hatfield. Tammy Hatfield. You won. Wow. The, the McCoys are going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> oh, man. I knew. That was just too easy. That was just yeah. too. Uh, that's uh, that's low-hanging fruit, Jake. Let's not do that anymore. Okay, but. <laughs> 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 oh, I cannot make that promise. Cross the line. <laughs> no, no. I, like the, the two standouts are the fucking the the ten year old truck thing, and then the the McCoy joke. Oh my god, Jake, your Netflix special is shaping up quite well, sir. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you, thank you for letting me use this podcast to test out. I know it's a litmus test for all your your best material. It's so good. <laughs> the McCoy joke didn't work so much in Kentucky, though, did it, Jake? But you're no, still no. you're still gonna roll with it. Yeah, we're we're gonna lose a few listeners, but yeah. the price I'm willing to pay. Yeah, yeah, a few listeners. Now we'll be down to like a few. Um, let's see, <laughs> <laughs> a Kentucky few though, so like four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, nominate PCL for the Discover Pods Podcast Awards. Uh, yeah, it's another podcast awards that we won't win. So um, definitely. Show your support in helping us not win this podcast award. It's a different one. There was, that was the other one was the podcast awards. This is Discover Pods or Discovery Pods or whatever the fuck. Yeah, Discover Pods. So I think we've been, uh, we've, <laughs> we've, we've qualified as nominees for the past two years. Let's do it again. Let's go for three. Let's go for the, let's go for the turkey. Let's go for the trifecta. Yeah. We could be a nominee. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, let's qualify. No, I think we were runner-up. We were runner-up two years in a row, Jake, for, I think, best... I can't remember. I don't know. It doesn't matter. When you're the runner-up, it doesn't really matter. podcast for (laughs) (laughs) 10-year-olds. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Oh, God. But I'm going to, I'll link it in the show notes if you want to, just to help us out and vote for us. I'll link it in the show notes or you can just go to awards.discoverpods.com and then click on nominate and just nominate us for whatever. I don't give a fuck. Just knock yourself out. You guys ready for good? (laughs) (laughs) 
Especially if you want a fucking prize. Take five fucking seconds to nominate us if you want a prize. Yeah, you just got a $60 fucking video game, so. For free. Scratch our back now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, you sound like that creepy boss in that fucking, <laughs> that 80s HR video that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Tina, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, if you know what I mean. Next thing you nudge, know, nudge. Tina's going out to dinner with the bald boss. Uh, I don't know why I had to make him bald. If you're bald, don't be <laughs> upset with me. There's nothing wrong. Patrick fucking Stewart's a very asshole, sexy Brian. man. What's that, Paul? You fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and they say tall guys are the first guys to know when it rains. I call bullshit. You guys. <laughs> it's you guys. Yeah. Follically challenged. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man. Ah. Paul sounded so real. I know. It's just, it was. <laughs> it was like something hurt. You know what I mean? Like something hit him. And he, and he came. My, I was just telling myself in the mirror right before the podcast, I finally accepted the balding, uh, hairline. And then it just gets brought up tonight. Just, it just shot me right back down to earth, man. I, I felt like an asshole saying it. As soon as it came out, I felt bad. <laughs> no. Yeah. He brought it up. I'm sure, I'm sure Tina's going to have a great time with him on that date. So. All right. They're going to go see Jake. Do his fucking stand up act. <laughs> oh God, they're gonna fucking be fucking tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, endorphins out the ass with Jake's jokes. Oh my God, dude, oh that truck joke, man. Huh? Anyway, <laughs> let's jump into anything else but what we're talking about. Let's, <laughs> let's jump into good pop, bad pop. For more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Uh, Jake, would you call would you call John Counts a super fan? And that's crazy cuz like you like you know him personally. Yeah, I think he is. A, I think he's a bigger fan of you than me too. Well, I'm the one who knows. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 odd. I think I think you turned him over tonight with that truck joke, though, Jake. I think I think I think the tide is the tide has shifted. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> I'm starting to I'm starting to self loathe myself for not thinking of that joke first. Oh man, John brought up the vaping. I don't, I don't know that that's ever been brought up on the podcast. Like it I know should. We talked about it. It on should. Breaks, but it, I don't think we ever talked about it during the episode. It totally should because it's such bullshit that I do it. It is. It's such bullshit. Like we're doing a like I fucking like Stephanie makes any fucking noise at all, <laughs> and I fucking get on her. And here I am. I'm fucking fucking the vape master the entire fucking episode. It's ridiculous. 
Fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, I, Paul, Paul. Um, yeah. I don't get to watch it the day that it's released. Um, there's two shows that I don't watch the day that they're released, and those. Two, but I watch them on Sunday. Sunday's my day to like watch whatever the fuck I want to. Um, and those two shows just had their finales. I've seen one. I watched the Ted Lasso finale. Fuck yeah. I'm dude. Love Ted Lasso the whole season. Absolute Tupperware. A hundred percent agree. Yeah, it's uh, people that are friends with me on Facebook can finally be happy that uh, the finale has come and I have shut up about watching the show every week. So they got some peace and quiet from me this uh, these past two weeks. <laughs> you're, you're a pro- you're you're a problem, aren't you, Paul? I'm a- <laughs> Kind of, kind of a problem. <laughs> a problem here. Paul's like literally one of the reasons to not be on social media. No, you know, no, Paul. Honestly, like if that's the worst that Paul's doing on social media, like I'm, I'm here for it, man. Oh my god, I, I can't, I can't look at half of the feeds on fucking Facebook and Twitter. It's just like I, I'm, I'm constantly clicking. All right, less of that. Snooze that. Less of this. I can't, I can't handle it, man. Jesus Christ, You're gonna give me a fucking ulcer people it's, it's insane anyway love ted lasso i haven't watched the finale of the boys yet so i've been trying to avoid a lot of social media talk on the boys i'm gonna watch that tomorrow that's my sunday thing too watching the boys and not in a kevin spacey way <laughs> it must have been huge because within the hour of it of it streaming it was trending on twitter like in the top five. Oh, dude this whole season's just been huge like the whole show's been huge for them this season and I think it was wise of them to drop it week to week. I, the, the conversation has lasted that much longer. So, yeah, 100% agree. It wouldn't have buzzed as much with the finale as it did if it was just, you know, everyone wouldn't have been watching it at the same time. It just wouldn't have got that generated that much heat. Yeah. I can't wait to watch the finale tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's I'm all about it. So I cannot wait to watch the fucking boys, but I'm absolutely loving it. Um, let's talk about... Uh, this is a show that was actually supposed to drop, I think, in August or September. It was supposed to come out a couple months ago, I think. So I think in August. And uh, it's The Good Lord Bird on Showtime. And Ethan Hawke stars as abolitionist John Brown in this limited series based on the novel Onion. Uh, on the novel, it's not called, the novel's not called Onion, excuse me. <laughs> That's a shame. It's Onion is a fictional enslaved boy who becomes a member of Brown's family of abolitionist soldiers and finds himself in the 1859 raid at Harper's Ferry. Uh, the cast, uh, the two main people in the cast I'm going to talk about is uh, Joshua Caleb Johnson, who plays um, Henry Onion Shackelford, and then Ethan Hawke as John Brown. Um, those are like the I mean, those are like the main cast members that we're going to see throughout the season. But as far as the rest of the cast, they have some insane guest stars coming up in the coming weeks of the show. Uh, Tony Award winner David Diggs from Hamilton and um, what was the other blind spotting? Um, he's going to be abolitionist Frederick Douglass. Emmy nominee David Morris from Escape at Dannemora. Um, 
will be playing Dutch Henry Sherman. Steve Zahn is going to be uh, in this. Maya Hawk from Stranger Things is going to be in this. Wyatt Russell, who we actually just saw in this first episode at the very end. Um, Kurt Russell's son from Lodge 49, and he was also – was he an overlord? Mm, I'm not sure. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Wyatt Russell was in Overlord. Um, he's playing federal officer Jeb Stewart. And Orlando Jones from American Gods uh, is going to be the rail man in this one. Insane fucking cast. But this story, uh, the series is told from the uh, point of view of Henry Shackelford, a fictional enslaved boy who was part of John Brown's motley crew of abolitionist soldiers during the time of bleeding Kansas, eventually participating in the famous 1859 raid on the armor uh, army depot at Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. Brown's raid failed to initiate the slave revolt he intended but was the instigating event that started the American Civil War. And this is going to be a seven-episode series from Blumhouse Television, and um, it's based on that novel, The Good Lord Bird, um, by uh, author James McBride. Uh, we all got a chance to see this one. This is one I've really been looking forward to, and um, I want to get your thoughts. Paul, what did you think about The Good Lord Bird? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm going to high taste it. Uh, I think this is one of my favorite Ethan Hawke performances in a long time. He just kind of goes completely unhinged. Um, don't want to give a Tupperware quite yet just because we got some more episodes coming on. But uh, it definitely did enough to make me want to stick around with the Showtime subscription, you know, to finish this one out. I thought, like, I'm a big fan of, like, the Western genre, and this definitely feels like that. Um We've had some cool shootout scenes. Uh, surprisingly, it had a lot of funny parts in it. I was not expecting it to be as funny as it was, especially amongst him and his, uh, you know, his his little gang or, or, or troop. But yeah, uh, it's a high tasted, and I'm excited to continue watching this one. I yeah, the fact that you've got this young boy who, you know, him and his father are a slave to what was the guy's name? John Brown. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and Ethan Hawke is like there to, you know, basically get them uh, to basically like liberate them, uh, give them freedom. And and in the chaos of like the shootout and everything, um, the father says that his name's Henry and he hears Henrietta. (laughs) And so he thinks that Onion is a girl this entire fucking time. The episode starts with like Ethan Hawke's character getting ready to be hung. And I, Henry Shackelford, the boy says like the only thing that's like good about this or something is the fact that he won't have to wear that dress anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what did you think, Stephanie? I liked it. I give it, I give it a taste it. Not because I don't think it could be a high tasted or a Tupperware, but obviously we're only one episode in. Ethan Hawke is fucking killing it. First episode in, and I, he is, he completely transforms. I don't see any resemblance of the actual person of Ethan Hawke. He is, is it John Brown? Yeah. Uh, who is, yeah. who is, yeah, he's John Brown. Oh, my bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this, I can't. The humor threw me, I think, a little bit. I wasn't expecting it when I first started watching it, so I wasn't sure if... I, I wasn't... Sh- I'm still not unsure about the humor. Not that it doesn't land, but I just... It's just a little strange to me as of right now. 
Um, but I, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm definitely going to stick with it. I keep viewing this as a, it feels like, and I don't know, I could be wrong and there could be better way to say this, but it feels like it's like Quentin Tarantino meets a Coen Brothers movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I see that. that. You know, I guess without like the music that the Coen Brothers like to put in a lot of their movies, but like that's kind of, I'm getting Coen Brothers kind of humor, but with like a Quentin Tarantino I don't know, energy. So, Jake, what did you think about this one? Yeah, I liked it quite a lot, too. I echo a lot of what Paul said. It's a high taste for me as well. I was very surprised at how humorous it was, knowing what the subject matter was going to be. Um, yeah, Ethan Hawke was just amazing in this, almost unrecognizable as Ethan Hawke as well. And um, the, the, the stuff that really got me rolling was I loved, like, how he would pretend to know so much about religion and scripture and the scene where you actually see him start the prayer and then it's nighttime by the time he's finishing <laughs> really fucking cracked me up. And yeah, I just thought this was a, this was a really great show. I can't wait to see some more episodes of this. And I didn't know about all the other guest stars coming. So that's really exciting. I know at the, well, at the end of the episode, they showed like, in, like, like one of those, like in the coming weeks and they showed David Diggs as Frederick Douglass. And I was like, holy fucking shit. I cannot believe we're getting David Diggs in this series. I love David Diggs. I think he's great. I, I'm going to go back. I haven't watched all of Snowpiercer season one. Um, I just watched like the pilot episode that we reviewed on the show, but it's one of those Same. shows that I want to get back to because I've heard really great things. TNT's already given it a green light for a second season. And I think I read today that the second season drops January. Hmm. It just seems wow, that's, super that's early. Quick. Yeah. 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 I'm going to give this a high taste as well. I really enjoyed this. I think that this is definitely a reason to get a Showtime subscription. I mean, mm-hmm. at, or at least try the trial period after this is kind of like, you know, been completed and you can watch this all as a whole. I think that, you know, one episode in, I'm definitely going to be watching the second episode. I think, and you guys are, making great points about like Ethan Hawke is just like killing it in this role. He's so good. He is so good. And just like, so such a, such a, such an odd character. Um, it makes you kind of like want to know more about like the real history of John Brown, which I don't know a lot about to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Was he that eclectic? Exactly. Yeah. Eccentric or whatever. Yeah. And divisive too. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. he was, and like he's driven by something that is so he reminds me like okay and this sounds crazy he reminds me of the character that 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 that's going to be in the upcoming James Gunn the Suicide Squad Peacemaker mm, he's that. he's mm. willing to do whatever it takes to stop slavery in you know and and he's like uh, killing anyone who's in his way and i mean it just so I, I am just, yeah, kind of, um, kind of really impressed by this show. I think it's the best thing that Showtime's had since, uh, on becoming a god in Central Florida and, uh, which got canceled, um, and Escape from Danamora. I thought that was fantastic as well, but yeah, definitely. Oh, that was great. It was really good. Um, so yeah, this is going to be seven episodes. Um, Blumhouse is involved in this, dude? I didn't know that until I did some research on this. Yeah, I didn't know that either until seeing the closing credits. I also didn't know that Ethan Hawke himself was one of the co-writers of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw saw that actually today. Kind of blows me away. 
Um, he was so good. Did anybody else see First Reformed? Oh, so he like I didn't love the movie, but his performance again was just incredible in that movie as well. Um, next thing, oh, and I love the character of Bob. Does everybody else love Bob? Wait, which one was yes. Bob? Bob was the guy that was like the the uh, the stagecoach or whatever. He was the guy that was. Oh, that said he wouldn't, he wasn't going to take the guy because it wasn't his, that guy? Yes, that guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I like him too. Um, the next movie that we're going to talk about is actually this week's contest. Uh, we're going to be talking about the movie Spontaneous, and you're going to have the chance to win one of five digital copies of this movie. So, um, really excited. Paul, I know you watched this one. Mm hmm. And it stars Catherine Langford, Charlie Plummer, uh, Yvonne Orji, Haley Law, Rob Hubel, and Piper Prabo. And uh, when students in their high school begin inexplicably exploding, literally, Mara, played by Catherine Langford, and Dylan, played by Charlie Plummer, struggle to survive in a world where each moment may be their last. An unexpected romance blossoms between them. Mara and Dylan discover that when tomorrow is no longer promised... They can finally start living for today. This is based on a popular young adult uh, young adult novel, and you can watch this one on digital and on demand right now. But uh, Paul, we both watched this movie, and yes. um, yeah. So basically, you've got like the senior class of of twenty nineteen. I'm, I'm guessing, and uh, it's just at this particular school. Um, they show the kids in class. They're they're all together. They're learning, and then all of a sudden, boom! There's like a pop, like an explosion, mm-hmm. and kids are covered in blood. A girl just explodes, yep. and every time a kid explodes in this, and Catherine Langford does kind of like this, um, um, the voiceover. She's talking, telling the story, and. Um, Every she's like, this is just the first of many. And every time they show a kid that explodes, they show that kid sitting down and getting like their senior picture taken. But this Mm -hmm. is just like a kind of like a weird phenomenon that just starts happening. Kids exploding at first. They don't know what it is. Like they thought, did, did, did she, did she strap a bomb onto herself? And then, I mean, the police, you know, take them in all in for questioning. They want to know like everything that they saw and Catherine Langford's character is kind of like, you know, they're, they're holding us here until, until they know that this is not going to happen again or whatever. And, um, kids are just, yeah, it's just this class. It's just the seniors and they're exploding. They don't know what's causing it, when it's going to stop. And, um, this is, it's, I know I haven't said it, but like, this is there's a lot of comedy in this, Paul. Oh yeah. A ton of comedy oh, yeah. in this. Like there's a part there's a part in this that had me I was literally laughing out loud when they brought the kids into they're all wearing like those hazmat suits and they <laughs> bring the kids into like, you know, that into that kind of like um uh they built like a facility out in the woods or whatever. And the kids are like in these plastic, like these, it, it looks like, like malaria sheets or, you know, yeah. like shit to keep like the mosquitoes out. Right. And 
the, and so Mara and Dylan are laying down on these tables and, and Mara puts her hand out to Dylan and she's like, <laughs> E.T. And he's like, he goes, Elia. I, dude, I was fucking dying. I was fucking dying. I, Paul, I'm just going to say it. I, yep. this movie was so funny. I think the romance between the two characters was super believable. They had a, they had great chemistry. I think this is the best thing Catherine Langford has ever been in where like she really was able to shine in this. Her personality just came out as this character so well. I like the parents don't know how to handle this. They're worried about their kids fucking exploding. So they want their kids to be able to yeah. do basically whatever they want. Catherine Langford is just going around drinking this entire fucking movie. <laughs> and I know that that shouldn't be funny with underage drinking, but it's no. fucking hilarious. And you totally get it too. You're yeah, like, yeah. 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 I Tupperware this. I loved it so much, Paul. I, I, this, this movie, like, the romance between them is like, and I can't believe I'm even making this comparison. People are gonna think it's stupid, but I think it's like one of the best on-screen romances since, like, um, Jack and Rose and Titanic. Oh. It's not, it's wow. definitely not Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan in, um, in, uh, oh god, I can't even, I'm like blanking. Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met Sally, which is like my favorite rom-com of all time, and I'm embarrassed I couldn't think of the name. But it's not that kind of chemistry. But I thought that like the love story between them two is really super charming and and sweet and it really I think it really hit on like fucking like high school romance and, and um I I fucking love this movie so much, Paul. Now Yeah, that's awesome. What did you think? <laughs> that's awesome. Now Paul's like now Paul's like <laughs> and I fucking hated it. Hold on. No, no. I actually had to watch this twice consecutively because when it ended, I was just like, what the fuck just happened? Um, the first time I watched it, I was just like, I was more focusing on people in the background to see who was going to explode. Because one thing that you really didn't hit on is like when these kids explode, it is brutal. Like it is... It is gory, like there's blood everywhere. Yeah, so there's, was, a, there's, a, there's a part when one character explodes, another character talks about how their jawbone hit them in the forehead. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah, that's not a well, and, and and there's a really there's a really fun part because I mean that's the whole suspense is you don't know which kid's gonna go, and they kind of get you knowing all the kids that are quarantined, so you're kind of quickly starting to relate to these kids and kind of like rooting for them. And then all of a sudden they're just popping, like, like literally popping like flies. And, yeah. um, I know Brian, I think one of my favorite movie scenes of this year is the car ride. Yeah. I, I was on my, the edge of my seat when all that happened, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to Tupperware because I, I had to go back the second time and just watch it for the story. Cause I was so like just taken away by the, you know, by the kids just blowing up. Um, that I really wasn't fully into the story. I was just kind of looking at all those aesthetics. I loved the, I, I thought that I thought that what sucked me in was the two leads here and like the romance that they had. And I, I, I with all this fucking crazy shit going on, uh -huh. they still were, they were, you know, they were there for each other. They were still ha finding ways to have a good time together. And 
Oh, it was so sweet. It was. It was super sweet. But then, like, the next thing you know, like, a fucking kid explodes. So it's like, whoa, what the fuck? I, I fucking loved it. I fucking yeah. loved this movie. I, um, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, dude. Um, Ron Hubel is, uh, is that how you say his last name? You know what? Uh, it Hubel. sounds good. It sounds good to me, man. All right, cool, cool. He is very hit or miss with me. And this is by far the best thing he's been in. Uh, he he did a great job as as, as playing the dad of uh, the main character. But this movie reminded me a lot of at least the romance um, of that movie with uh, fucking the guy that played Beast in X Men, where he's a zombie. Uh, Nicholas uh, Holt, uh, Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies, yeah. yeah. Like that's a great a movie. That, oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I gotta echo almost everything you said. Uh, the second time was a lot more fun of a rewatch. Because I kind of got settled more into what the fuck was going to happen. I spent the whole week before watching, like, Where's Waldo? So I was, this kind of was jarring, <laughs> you know, just to see kids fucking. Wouldn't it be great if you looked at Where's Waldo and it's just like you oh. see that striped shirt and then a bunch of blood all over the place? <laughs> this fucking white beard just pops, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, seniors. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> Can I ask you a question about this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did they um is is the blowing up like just the dressing of the movie or do you actually kind of delve into the mystery of why that's happening? Uh, well, I mean, they try, they try, they try to figure it out, um, and then it like it turns into like almost it turns into like Salem witch trials where people are like blaming people for a curse. You know, I mean, and, but you've got scientists looking into like, you know, pills that they can make to, to, to have this not happen anymore. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, you know, I, they, I dig. Yeah. I I don't want to say too much, but yeah. 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 It's more important than say why people disappear in the leftovers, but also not the driving point of the show. Yeah, no, it's not the driving right. point of the movie. It's, yeah. it's more following these two kids and and her best friend, uh, whoever played her best friend, she did a really good job. She's too. from um, she's from Riverdale. Oh, she's really good. I liked her in Riverdale as well. Wh- which character is she in Riverdale? Do you know? She's one of the um, the what is it the the band that is it Josie and the Pussycats? Correct. Yeah, she's one of the Pussycats. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> What do we got? Oh, the lie. Let's talk about the lie. Everybody, we all watched the lie, didn't we? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A father and daughter are on their way to dance camp when they spot the girl's best friend on the side of the road. When they stop to offer the friend a ride, their good intentions soon result in terrible consequences. The family quickly closes ranks and decides not to tell anybody, but secrets rarely stay secret for long, and they soon find themselves faced with an impossible choice that will alter the course of their lives forever. Um, this is on Amazon Prime Video. This is an Amazon original. It's written and directed by Venus Sood. Uh, she's best known as a writer and producer for The Killing. Uh, this film is actually a remake of the 2015 German film, We Monsters. This one stars Morel Enos, Peter Sarsgaard, and Joey King. And this movie was one of the most infuriating things <laughs> to watch. Oh my god. And l- let me say, let me say this about this movie is like, 
it's infuriating because number one, I couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> number two, I'm this movie makes me feel all these things like frustration and and just <laughs> and like I was so angry at certain characters and so confused as to like the how they were acting and like what was going on here. So basically like here's the setup. Father and daughter driving on their way to drop the daughter off at dance camp. They spot the girl's best friend on the side of the road waiting for a bus. They're going to be nice. They're going to pick her up. The friend, as they're driving, has to pee. So they stop. Both girls get out. They don't come back. Father goes out looking for them. The other girl has been... Should I just say it? I'm just going to say it to get it out there. The other Uh girl has been pushed off the bridge by the daughter. She pushed her friend off the bridge and into the cold water and the girl is nowhere to be found. Believed to be dead. So, like, they're like, let's just get out of here. So, that's where we're at in the story. The lie is the fact that the father doesn't want to see his daughter go to prison, be tried as an adult or whatever and go to prison. So they're going to lie and cover this thing up. And just this movie is, I don't know. I'm going to stop. Stephanie, what the fuck? What Um, the fuck is up with the lie? I've been waiting to talk about this. Yeah. I could not stop thinking about this fucking movie and how, and how like I was so invested in this fucking thing. So invested in the story, but also how infuriating everything happening in this movie. Just, it was, just, it was, this movie made me tense. Like, <laughs> yes. The whole time I'm watching, without giving anything away, I'm like, fuck her parents. Fuck her parents. I hated them this entire movie. I don't want to give away why, because there's lots of kind of peaks and valleys in that story, but I, at one point, I hated the daughter. It's, it, there's a couple of points in the movie where you're kind of even mad at the father of the friend who who is presumed dead and all of this stuff. I can't believe how even after this movie was over, like, my hands were sweaty. Mm. The, the ending caught me way off guard. I wasn't expecting that. Mm. Um I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm kind of at a loss for words. But I... I <laughs> I don't know from all of those things, but um, my ending statement's going to be "fuck the parents." That's my statement. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, you know what? You can even hold on to your rating because, like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm rating this thing. I have no fucking like, like if if, if it's like how much I was into this movie. I'm giving it a Tupperware. Like I am so into like everything <laughs> that is going on. Like now, hold on, I, Paul. The lie. The lie. The lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was definitely into it. Um, I was getting angry at a lot of characters as well, and I thought um, some cops might be really fucking stupid to be doing their job. But um, at the end, of, like I was at, I was at like a low taste. It just because I just like I like I just was like, what the fuck? What the hell is happening? Sometimes you know I'm, I'm behind a character, and sometimes I'm not. And then the end happened. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to end it with a taste it because I thought the ending was pretty, 
Like, I did not see it coming. I thought that was really fucking cool. But there, you know, it reminded me a lot of that Defending Jake or, uh, yeah, I think it was called Defending Jacob, you know, uh, kind of looking at like a kid's psyche when something like this happens and just, you know, it all makes sense when uh, you see the whole picture. But, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give it a taste it and just be like, what the fuck? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, this just everything ramps up with this whole Everything ramps up in this movie. Jake, what did you think about the lie? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I liked it as much as you guys. Um, it's a low tasted for me. I didn't think it was completely without value. Um, I agree that it was very frustrating. I was very frustrated by a lot of the choices and decisions that the characters in this movie's made. In this movie made, I hated all these characters though, and that's what really drug this movie down for me. <laughs> they did did a very poor job of making me like any of these people from the jump. I don't Everyone think that we're narcissistic. I don't think we're supposed to like anyone in this movie, to be honest with you, Jake. I, I don't I think I think there are movies that are made that we're not supposed to like these people. I felt like the movie wanted us to feel bad for the daughter and feel bad for her parents' relationship dissolving. And I, I thought they Ugh. really were trying to push that home. I, I maybe I'm wrong, but it was just kind of gross to me. And um, I saw the ending coming a mile away. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how or why, because that's kind of spoilerific. But, yeah, it, within the first 15 minutes, I kind of called it. And, oh, yeah, I just hated these people. I couldn't believe how um, what a narcissist the father was. Like, what kind of person driving is listening to their own fucking I, fans <laughs> music? I thought the exact same fucking thing. It's like... Like, you're not Prince, motherfucker. What the fuck? <laughs> He's listening it's to like, his own fucking band. I thought the exact same fucking thing. God, what a weird. sleaze. It's weird, because I thought he was doing it to impress the friend in the back seat at first. I think he was unaware of that. I who knows? They they kind of left that you know open for interpretation. But it felt like he was kind of unaware of the the flirting going on, and it was really only the daughter that was even catching on to that. Yeah, I'm. Like, gonna, he didn't seem like he was excited for it, uncomfortable by it, noticing it. It just kind of landed with a thud. They also kind of hint back at it, hint back to it. Not maybe not with that specific friend, but like like the creepy dad into the, like the daughter's friend vibe, but even the wife made reference to it, the ex-wife made reference to it at some point. And so I was like, is this a pattern? But then they never touched upon it again. Yeah. I don't know. And just all the stupid fucking choices. Like, come on, man. It's this fucking day and age of the cell phone. Have half a fucking brain with that shit. You know, God, it was frustrating. The movie was frustrating, but man, I was super invested in it. I'm going to give it a high taste it because I could not fucking, like, after I get done, it made me, like, the movie made me angry. It made me fucking angry at people. <laughs> and it made me so angry. Like, I, like, um, I hated, I hated, I hated everybody in this fucking movie from the big, from the get go. I, I, like the, even the daughter, the way she was just acting after the fact that she killed, like, you know, her friend, pushed her friend off the bridge. And like, there'd be times where she was just acting like she didn't give a shit. And everything was fine. And I was like, what the fuck? That fucking little bitch. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck it. I killed my friend. But hey, my parents might get back together. So fuck it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was only about 95 minutes, this movie. So it's a quick watch. That's for sure. Um, there's not too many thrillers out there right now. It is October. So even at a taste that I would still recommend this movie. 
Yeah, I would definitely, no, definitely watch this one. I think it's definitely worth watching. A hundred percent worth watching. Just to even be involved in the conversation about this one. You yeah, know. I will co-sign that. Even though I didn't love it as much as you guys, I definitely would recommend it. In fact, I've already recommended it to two people at work today. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, let's talk about one more and we'll take a break. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Paul, you watched this one. I did. Stephanie, I can't remember if you watched this one. I did. Yeah, inseparable best friends and cousins, Autumn and Skylar, uh, precariously navigate the vulnerability of female adolescents in rural Pennsylvania. When Autumn mysteriously falls pregnant, she's confronted by conservative legislation without mercy for blue-collar women seeking an abortion. With Skylar's unfailing support and bold resourcefulness, uh, money to fund the procedure is secured, and the duo board a bus bound for New York State to help find uh, the help Autumn needs. Uh, it's written and directed by Eliza Hitman. Uh, it stars uh, Sidney Flanagan, Talia Ryder, Theodore Pellerin, Ryan Eggold, and Sharon Van Eaton. And, um, wow, this movie's heavy as fuck. Wow. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. Like, okay. All right. Very, very, um, delicate kind of, uh, heavy, uh, topic here with abortion, teen abortion. And, uh, how do you think this movie handled it? Uh, Paul, what did you think about, uh, never, rarely, sometimes, always? This is now on HBO. Uh, I think it did have maybe a very small window for theatrical release before, because it came out in March, uh, had a very small window for theatrical release, and now it's on HBO. What did you think about Never Rarely, Sometimes Always? Um, Besides, well, uh, first off, just finding out how you get, you know, like where they got the name of the title from was just like, really like, oh, God, that's crazy, Um, you know, not crazy. I, I, you know, it's it's a it's a touchy subject. But um, you know, uh, you and Greg talked about unpregnant a couple weeks ago, which is kind of along the same storyline. Unwanted pregnancy got to cross state lines to do it, but that was more lighter and it's a comedy, really. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a, it dr- totally- a dramedy. Yeah. Yeah, and and I love that movie. I I definitely gave I give that a Tupperware. I'm gonna give this a Tupperware as well because it definitely shows, you know, like Unpregnant gave you kind of the breezy comedy side. I think this shows you the more realistic aspect of it, and I think the performance and it looks like the lead in this hasn't been in anything before this. Really, and I huh. thought she was just fucking amazing, and her cousin. Um, I was I, I got my notes. What the fuck was up with that tic tac toe game with the chicken? Oh my god! Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so fucking weird. But just like you know, um, I think it's again like Unpregnant. I think it's a very important movie. Yeah, uh, that needs to be played. Um, you know, so people can know what's out there, and it definitely takes a stance on you know some of these. Um, some of these clinics that might be giving you a bunch of bullshit to just kind of fit their agenda, which is, cra- you know, it's, it's just all of it's crazy. Um, I think I even texted you uh, watching this movie um, was giving me a panic attack just because, you know, like with Hazel and all that stuff. But, yeah, it was uh, it was a really heavy movie, but yeah. I'm glad I watched it. And I think it's uh, very important. It's a total Tupperware. Yeah, I'll give it a Tupperware as, uh, Tupperware as well. Um, it's it. 
totally handles things um, differently, but yet still the same as Unpregnant. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this shows you, I think this shows you like the more realistic side of things, you know, um, and, um, how it's uh, like, really like what this girl went through to, to do this and to get this done. Um, I want to get Stephanie's thoughts though. Stephanie, jump in here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was heavy. I give it a Tupperware. I think if for no other reason that I think they gave kind of like a brutally realistic view of, I felt like I was following these cousins around with like my own video camera. Like it, mm. none of it felt like a movie to me. Um, yeah. Something else that kind of hit me in addition to the subject matter that the movie was tackling was just how even before we they even start making the trip to New York, it's like every man in their life is a total D bag. Actually uh, to point out like every white male that they encounter in this movie is an asshole. Yes. Yeah. And, and they can't, yeah. from no the guy, they from turn, they can't get away from the fact that every man in their life is just shit. Well, it's written and directed by Eliza Hitman, and I think that's what she wants to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> she, she wants to hit every man that's in this movie. Like, there is a scene in this where, like, there's a guy on the subway that's like looking at her and like uh. unzipping his pants, and I'm just like, oh my! And then their boss at work when uh. they drop off the the you know like uh, the money from their registers and they they hand it over to him. He pulls their hands in and starts kissing their hands, and they. I'm like, th- no job is worth that amount of humiliation and, and it's, a, it made me just sick to my stomach to watch that, yeah. to watch what these girls have to go through. Um, so here's the big question. The stepdad's the father, right? That's what, That's I, what thought. I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, 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 definitely kind of like alluded to when she's taking that um that survey wow. that they're giving her the fact that they don't take the camera off of her face uh you know like i think they go to the doctor in the beginning a couple times but then it just stays on her face for that entire survey and i was just like damn this is fucking deep and it just makes the title of the movie all that more like heartbreaking uh, uh, Paul, is this something that you, okay, you, you brought up your daughter, Hazel. Is this something like that you would ever want her to watch if she hits a certain age? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, I think it know, is an educational type of movie in a way. You know, and with me, like I, you know, like with me being in the education field, I would almost suggest that something around these lines get played in classrooms, you know, like, uh, you know, for, you know, for like the young women and everything to see, that there's a lot more that you can do, you know, if that's a, if that's what they choose, you know, like, I just think it's, it's very important that people know. But then it also shows like how limited they are and like, and like the links that they actually have to go through in order to Mm -hmm. do anything about it. You know, that is, yeah. Well, I think, I think the best thing that this, that movies like this and I'm pregnant can do is start the conversation. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that's, you know, super important, but yeah, I, uh, and um, I think this is facing the same fate as Unpregnant. I don't think the audience scores are anywhere. I don't think it justifies the movie at all. Dude, I think it's just people that have like an opposite 
point of view agenda yep. that are getting on here and then just review bombing it. Mm-hmm. Because you look at the critic score compared to the audience score and it just feels like there are certain people that have a certain view that are getting on there and just review bombing it. Same thing with Unpregnant. It had the exact same problem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I Tupperware this. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. It's available now to watch on HBO, HBO Max. So, yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with more Good Pop, Bad Pop. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that PopCultureLeftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we are back. We've got more Good Pop, Bad Pop, and I want to talk about a HBO Max original that dropped. This is called uh, Charm City Kings. And Mouse desperately wants to join the Midnight Click, the infamous Baltimore dirt bike riders who rule the summertime streets. When Midnight's leader, Blacks, takes 14-year-old Mouse under his wing, Mouse soon finds himself torn between the straight and narrow and a road filled with fast money and violence. It's directed by Angel Manuel Soto from a screenplay by Sherman Payne and a story by Kirk Sullivan, Chris Boyd, and Barry Jenkins. Barry Jenkins from a Beale Street, if Beale Street could talk and uh, Moonlighting, um, two great films. Uh, it's a. Do you see Barry Jenkins is going to be directing the sequel to Lion King? I did see that. That's bizarre. Both things are bizarre that they're going to make a sequel to Lion King in the first place, and that's who they're getting to do it. It's wild. Uh, it's a, this film is an adaptation of the documentary Twelve O'Clock Boys by Lofty Nathan, uh, Latfi Nathan. It stars uh, Jahi Diallo, Winston, Meek Mill, Will Catlett, Tiana Paris, Danielle Tremaine Hansley, and Kezi Curtis. Charm City Kings on HBO Max. Paul, what did you think about Charm City Kings? <laughs> Um, when I got the list and then I looked up what that was, I thought it was going to be like almost a fast and furious type of, uh, like I thought there was going to be a heist involved. And then, <laughs> you know, like when you get into it, uh, I'm just going to say it's a fucking Tupperware. Um, this movie just kind of blew me away. I did not see it going where it went. Um, I thought the performances were great and I just love the whole look at like, nature versus nurture and i think the kid that played mouse just just absolutely killed it um him and his little group of friends were great like there was so 
there were so many little side stories that were happening, um, at least for me, and I never felt like anything was overcrowded. I felt like everybody got, you know, got um, the right amount of screen time they got in the stories, got the right amount of screen time to get fleshed out or or not get fleshed out. But, yeah, I, you know, I thought I, I thought the actual motorcycle scenes or the ATV scenes were really cool. Um his whole relationship with Blacks uh, was really interesting and kind of knowing the history that Blacks has with his family and, you know, the, you know, the detective trying to keep him on the straight and narrow. It was just like a battle for Mouse's soul. And I was, I was completely hooked into this absolute Tupperware. I'm going to jump in. I Tupperware the fuck out of this movie. I love it. So there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing like this movie. And to find out that it's an adaptation of a documentary, the 12 o'clock boys makes me want to watch that documentary. I'm going to be seeking that documentary out. And the reason they call them the 12 o'clock boys is when they ride these bikes, they do like these wheelies. They have the bike. They're riding these bikes on the fucking street. And these bikes are just straight up in the air, vertical. And they have, then they touch the ground with one hand. So they got the bike up vertical and their other hand is straight up. It's, it's, it, and so, but it looks like when they, when they have the bike straight up, it looks like both hands are pointing up at, um, the, at 12 o'clock. So they call them the 12 o'clock boys. Mm. It's fucking unreal. And that chase scene that we got with the cops, mm. like that is, I've seen like clips on YouTube of this kind of stuff, like real, like real clips of YouTube on guys on bikes, like evading the police. And Don't doing this like kind of stuff. Yeah. And for them to put like that, that police chase scene in here was just like, it was incredibly shot and it was super tense. And I, um, the, the, the kid that played mouse was just fantastic. Such a great young actor and, you know, lost his brother to the streets and starts to go down the same kind of road and, you know, has two different mentors. You know, we've got the, the, the police officer and then we have Blacks, who was like the leader of the midnight, um, clique. And so, um, it's, this movie is just, I, this is way better than I thought it was going to be when I read the synopsis. Like yes, when I read the I synopsis, I was with you, Paul. I was like, oh, this is just going to be like a Fast and Furious type thing of like, you know, there's like, at, you know, at midnight on Sundays, you know, everybody goes out for this thing called the ride and they watch everybody just kind of like go up and down the street on their bike and do like their thing. And that's really what we're No, like there's so much more. It's such a deeper story. Jake, you saw Charm City Kings? Yeah. Yeah, I did. What'd you think? Yeah, this was easily the best thing I watched all week for the podcast. This was an absolute Tupperware. And, and I'm right there with you guys. Like, my bullet points are exactly almost the same. Like, I, upon description, it was a little bit of an eye roll. Like, I'm, I'm not going to like this, you know? But yeah, it was way more like a, a John Singleton movie than a Fast and the Furious movie. Like, I, I really liked this a lot. I thought the relationships between the characters, just like you said, Brian, the two different mentor characters, Blacks and uh, Detective Rivers, mm-hmm. was just fucking awesome. Mouse was great. His two, like, cohorts were fantastic, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that chase footage, it, it was like 
usually I kind of eye roll when I see the drone shot chase sequences, but it was just done so well in this movie. Oh, did you watch it the was, end it credits? Was really unique. Did you watch? What is it? Did you watch the end credits where they showed like? I did. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. So fucking good. Yeah, this movie was fucking awesome. If you have HBO Max and you're watching anything on it, then this is a must see. Like you have to see this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've you've, you've already seen Act uh, Class Action Park, you've already seen it. <laughs> you've already watched American Pickle seventeen times. You've 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 got your fill of Seth Rogen and pickles. You need to watch Charm City Kings. Stephanie, what'd you think of Charm City Kings? Uh, I loved it. Total top of wire for me. Um, it was charming, like no pun intended. I just, I really enjoyed it. I, the friendships between him and his two friends felt really genuine. Um, it felt kind of like, I know it, it's described as a coming of age film, but it was like a t- like, it felt like a, like a rugged coming of age film, like that tug of, um, like the, the two worlds, like the straight and narrow, like you mentioned earlier. And then this kind of street bike culture. But then there's also like this value of hard work he's experiencing that he values, but he understands both worlds are telling him that hard work, you know, if you, you'll get something at the end of this hard work, it's not just if you go the straight and narrow, you can work hard over here too and gain this type of like what you've always wanted. And so, um, I, I loved it. I loved it. I thought the character who, the actor who played mouse, the young actor was great. Um, I think this, the kind of community this film was able to create around this mm-hmm. kid mm-hmm. was just, it was almost, it was, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, lose, use the word loosely, but it was just kind of like beautiful how they were able to create this whole community yeah. around this kid. It was just, I really enjoyed it. The mom, the mom was fantastic. Yeah. She was mm-hmm. so great in this. And like, you know, like what, what a, what, uh, an amazing portrayal of tough love. Like I got tough love out of this. Yeah. That's like, it was the perfect portrayal of tough love. And unlike the lie where Jake said like, you know, you, you know, he didn't like any of the characters and I, I, I totally agree. I don't think any of the people in that movie were, <laughs> were, were likable. This, like, I instantly, like, th- like when there's that tug of war between the two worlds for Mouse, like, I have already, like, kind of like gotten this, like, feeling from mouse like i really like this kid i really like this kid a lot him working at his love for animals and working at the veterinarian's office and you know um helping black's dog sophie later on Mm -hmm. in the movie there's Mm -hmm. like so many scenes where it's just like you can see the good in mouse you see the good in him and you're like i don't want to see this kid fucking you know uh be kind of like a a statistic i don't want to see this kid fucking get consumed by the streets and um you really you're rooting for this kid you you know you want to see him get into like vet school and stuff like that you want to see that you you want to see that stuff happen for this kid you really like this kid but man this movie is just absolutely fantastic it's shot beautifully um it's cast the, the cast is amazing um i loved it i, I can i say another thing yeah i, I really loved um the mentor slash father figure characters both of them blacks and the detective um to the point like where i was uncomfortable when we got the scene where they really confronted each other yeah it was just like yeah there, there's such mm-hmm. great scenes of both those characters you know whether it's mouse's best interest are not at hand but like 
just the emotions that those characters give to Mouse. And then to see those kind of two worlds collide when there's like points that I agreed with from both was just like, wow, it pulled at every string. Oh, but man, the ending, the ending. Oh, my God. If that doesn't hit you, if that doesn't hit you fucking hard. Oh, my God. I Yeah, this is an absolute Tupperware. Charm City Kings. I cannot believe like when I when I read the synopsis, I was just thinking this was just going to be some run of the mill movie. And then like but we find out that we've got like a story here that with, with Barry Jenkins involved. And I've loved everything that this guy's done. And and I'm now it just now I'm thinking like what the fuck is he gonna do with Lion King too? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what are her fucking Simba and Timon and Pumbaa gonna get up to? It's, oh it's crazy. It's, it's <laughs> I'm worried for Pumbaa. Oh man, it's cr- I, I I love this movie. You got Charm City Kings. I I would say that this is easily yes the best thing I watched all week as well. I thought this was fantastic. Um, haunting, uh, the haunting of, it, it's called the haunting of Bly Manor. This is the, uh, the, uh, <sighs> what's that? Like a follow up or? Yeah, th- th- it's a follow up series to the haunting of Hill House. Um, they're saying it's the second entry in the haunting anthology series. Uh, while the creative team and many of the cast of Hill House returned for Bly Manor, the narratives of the two series are not connected. Um, it's a, a young governess is hired by a man to look after his niece and nephew at their family country house after they fall into his care. Soon after arriving at the Bly estate, she begins to experience strange occurrences and a grim history starts to unravel. This is on Netflix. The first season's on Netflix. This is uh, the second season here is a total of nine episodes. The Haunting of Bly Manor was created by Mike Flanagan. So they got Mike Flanagan as the showrunner and director on this one. He's uh, He did Gerald's Game. He did Dr. Sleep. Um, and uh, it's loosely based on the 1898 horror novella The Turn of the Screw by Henry James, which was was also – the uh what what last year's movie the turning was based on uh that one i reviewed for the show it starred finn wolfhard mackenzie davis and brooklyn prince and when i was watching this it felt super familiar to that story as i was watching it and then as i did my research on this one i was like okay both of these are loosely well both both of these are kind of based around the turn of the screw. Um, so I will just come out and say that this is, I'm two ep, I'm only two episodes in, but this is much better than last year's The Turning. I, I had, I loved the trailer for that movie and I loved the cast. I thought, you know, Finn Wolfhard, Mackenzie Davis, I love Brooklyn Prince. I think she's great. I love the Florida Project. But I did not like that movie. And I think that this is like way, way better. And they've introduced like new characters like, you know, in the turning movie, they just had like the one woman that looked after the kids in the house and things like that, did the cooking and cleaning. And now they've got like a gardener. They've got like a cook. They've got, you know, all these other different characters that are interacting with these kids. Um, I like it quite a quite a bit more. I'll give it a high taste it, but I want to know your guys thoughts. Uh, Stephanie, what did you think about the haunting of Bly Manor? I give it a 
taste it. I'm also only two episodes in. Um, I feel like what I've seen so far has been a lot of setup, which is fine. Um, and some, some creepy things are starting to emerge. We've gotten some info back and backstory about the, the young boy. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I enjoyed not a lot of, it feels very creepy, but without a million jump scares and that may come later. Um, so sometimes jump scares can feel like cheap shots and I haven't gotten not a lot of those. Um, there've been some scary moments, but it's, it's already pulling me in. I have not seen the turning and I have not seen Hill house or not the, what was the previous? The haunting of Hill house. Oh God. Watch that. It is Uh, Paul. Did you watch it? Yes, I did. The the first season is fucking amazing. It's so good. good. Is it really? Yes. It's very good. Okay, I'll yeah. need to put that down then. But no, I, I enjoyed this a lot. I give it a, I give it a taste. It. Yeah, Henry Thomas um, is in the first season. He's also in this, but he's playing a completely different character. But man, Henry Thomas was so he's he. If you you'll know him as uh, he played Elliot E.T. as a child actor, but like he was phenomenal in that fucking first season, wasn't he, Paul? Oh yeah, yeah. That that first season was just something special. Yeah. Wait, who was he in this? The uncle. Yes, yeah. he was the uncle. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> What'd you think, Paul? Um, so I watched all nine episodes last night into this morning. Nice. Um, oh, I can't wait to hear what you think then. <laughs> yeah, so like I don't think it's really fair to go into this one thinking you're gonna get like a horror like a complete horror show. Um I, I'm gonna give this an absolute Tupperware. Um, you get like, especially like in the fourth, the fourth episode when you learn more about, uh, Tania Miller's character as Mrs. Gross, uh, the lady that, you know, she's like the, she's like the housekeeper. Um, when you get into her story and it just, I was not able to turn it off. Like, I think I finished this at 3.30 this morning. Um, but like what it is, I think I, I don't think you should go into this thinking it's going to be anything like Hill House with that much like terror and horror. Because this this is more like a family drama where it just looks at everybody's individual trauma and how that like follows along with them. And you just sprinkle some ghosts in and, um, you know, the ghosts we're getting aren't your typical ghosts that we've seen in a lot of, you know, like popular movies or like how they've been portrayed for a while. So I was, I was just in love with the direction this took. Um, Victoria Pedretti, who played one of the twin siblings in Haunting of Hill House, um, as Danny was just fucking awesome. Uh, the kids, the, the kids steal the show to me, especially, um, the girl that plays Flora. She is just perfectly splendid. She's perfectly <laughs> splendid. <laughs> oh my God. If they ever remake The Shining, she's got to be she's got to be the girls in that. Um, but yeah, I I just had like, and of course, like I kind of eye rolled when um when he found out like the majority of this season was going to take place in the eighties, but it never hits you over the head with like this is pure eighties nostalgia. Like um, yeah, it, it doesn't. I'm two episodes in, and like uh, the only thing that's like pure eighties is like. The hair, the clothes, and like mm-hmm. the boy Miles in his room, he had a poster for Monster Squad, and like that was like. Other than that, I haven't been like hit over the head with fuck that. Like, like, like this is not like Stranger Things, where it's like the you know exactly or it. Yeah, where it's like yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, um, and one thing you know, I I fucking love 
when like um and I always go to this for an example, but like when you can make something that's not like a person or like an animal a character in its own, and I always go to Little Miss Sunshine because I feel like the VW bus is its own character. Bly Manor just becomes like a character all on its own. Um, I think the architecture is awesome, but just like finding out the secrets of this house, it, it was just so much fun. Um, especially the last two episodes, you really get, you know, you really dive deep into the history. So yeah, it's a complete Tupperware. I don't. Did you watch Gerald's Game? On uh, ne- yes, on, I yes. thought it was fantastic. I yes, some parts were very hard to watch, but yes, it was. And I love it was a great movie. I love the first two acts of Doctor Sleep as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, until it goes like almost pure shining. shining <laughs> I know, but the first two acts were fucking. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was really good, and so I, I'm a I'm a fan of Mike Flanagan. Before Sam Raimi was the director on the Doctor Strange sequel, I was rooting for Mike Flanagan to be. The director for the next Doctor Strange movie. Oh, um, he would have been great. Yeah, but you know we're getting Sam uh, Sam Raimi. I think that's going to be fantastic as well. But so yeah, I, dude, Paul, I cannot not listen to like your advice when it comes to these series. You've been dead on for me. Oh, on a lot awesome. of things. <laughs> like, um, you know, you told me, Brian, you gotta don't drop off Russian Doll. You gotta watch at least the first three episodes of Russian Doll. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'll get back on this fucking thing. Jesus Christ, Paul. <laughs> all right, fucking Paul. Here's a fucking, fucking Paul. And then, I, <laughs> and then that's, that's, that's what I said out loud. And then, yeah. then I watched it and you were absolutely right. And Russian Doll was one of my favorite shows of that year. Yeah. And, um, you know, I fucking love that show. I thought it was fantastic. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick on the haunting of Bly Manor because you've, uh, you fucking, you, you burned through this fucking thing and you Tupperware it. So I'm gonna be oh, watching. Man, I, yeah, I did this and then, uh, Charm City Kings, um, at, uh, like 4 a.m. So I got, it was a fun time this morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Yeah, that's the, uh, the haunting of Bly Manor and, um, yeah, I can't wait. I'm probably going to get back on this one tomorrow. I'll probably watch a couple more episodes of this tomorrow. I'll definitely get through episode four, like you said. Yeah, yeah. It, like, there's just a point to me where I think it was around episode four where I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. I can't just like go to bed now and come back to this. Like, I need to see. Like, you get so invested in these characters and. You really want to know what has brought them to Bly Manor because everyone's bringing their own past trauma and it's slowly revealing itself to the viewer. Um, you know, and then you get the history of Bly Manor, which is an amazing fucking episode. I got a question um, for you. Do you yeah. do you prefer one Bly or two Bly? <laughs> triple Bly. <laughs> triple Bly? Oh, my God. Who makes triple yeah. Bly? You know, it's it's a it's a hard commodity right now to find any uh, triple bly. It's, but, a, uh, it's a toilet paper joke. It's not a truck joke. So it didn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not reinventing the fucking wheel over here oh, like Jake. Fucking, <laughs> fucking Jake's gonna be when they make a King of Comedy sequel. Jake's gonna be in it. Oh yeah, yeah. We already filmed that pre-pandemic. Let's follow Jake on the road as he takes his act out there to the to the people oh man yeah haunting of Bly manor on netflix check it out paul did you have personal good pop bad pop that you wanted to talk about this week 
Um, I watched uh, I watched Intelligence on uh, the Peacock app. With um, it's a show. It's um, created and written by Nick Mohammed, and Brian. You and I know him as Nate the Great on Ted Lasso. Yeah. And um, pretty much the synopsis of this show is almost identical to um, Ted Lasso, where we got David Schwimmer coming in to London to work with the NSA intelligence, and he's a fish out of water trying hard to, you know, adapt, but he's kind of a dick. Um, I give it a low taste it. Really? How many episodes yeah. did you watch on this one? I only watched one because after you watch one, you got to do Peacock Premium. Oh, okay. I'll hook you up. Which there. was the same with that error or that code 404, whatever. Ah, the, I'll hook you up. Yeah. I'll hook you up with my shit. And then um, just for the parents out there, I kind of touched on this, but if your kids want something to do, like, and you don't want them just mindlessly watching, you know, dumb shit, uh, Where's Waldo? The first season is on Hulu, and the second season is completely free on Peacock. It is one of the best kid shows out there in a long time. Uh, my kids are hooked. They're learning something new. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, I was sitting down watching it with them and being like, you know, Emmett, shut up. I want to see what like odd law is going to get up to. So, uh, it was, uh, it was a fun time. Uh, so I Tupperware, where's Waldo? What, do they ever, oh man, wouldn't that be fucking crazy if they put well, where they put Waldo in blind manner? <laughs> the mystery of white Poor beard guy. is upon us. Oh man, that'd be crazy. Hard to believe they took this long to like take Where's Waldo and make some kind of property out of it. Well, I mean, think about think about, uh, and we know the reason why, but think about Calvin and Hobbes too. I, I, you got to think that these creators are very protective over their uh, over their uh, material. Definitely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I can see why they would be. I, I really appreciate that with the Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, so do I. Yeah. Do you think, okay, so the creator Calvin Hobbes, what's his name? I don't know. Bill Watterson. He dies. Do you think that the families just, they sell out? They fucking sell out? Oh, yeah. You'll be able to pre-order the Hobbes yeah. animal the next day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Get the limited edition at the funeral. Stephanie, did you have, uh, <laughs> You're fucked up, Jake. <laughs> That's fucked up. I like it. Um, <laughs> Stephanie, did you have personal good pop, bad pop? Uh, yeah, just one quick thing. Do you want me to say it now or wait? Um, just I never say it. It's, <laughs> it's, Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to know if you had it. You do. I did. And now we're moving on. How's that sound? <laughs> That that's a that's a new feature of the show where I just like veto whatever the fuck you're trying to bring to the table. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you fucking it's like you come out here and you're like you're showing me, oh yeah, I brought I brought this fruit salad. I'm like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Get the fuck out. <laughs> you turn right the fuck around with that fucking bull. No, no, what 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 do you what, what do you got? So I just finished a, a podcast. It was a, one of the 30 for 30 podcasts. And um, I'm a big fan of podcasts that like give me random knowledge I wouldn't have otherwise known. And they had a series called Bloodlines. And it's about um, purebred horse racing. Um, I know nothing about horse racing. I'm very, I don't even think I've ever watched a horse race. What but the, how, did, how did you find, what are you doing? <laughs> you are, you, no, like, you are like the most, one of the most interesting people ever. 
You say, like, I know nothing about horse racing. <laughs> Jake, is, is, is Stephanie, Stephanie is a mystery. An enigma. Wrapped in a mystery. Wrapped in another enigma. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but it just talks about, like, this kind of the under not underbelly i'm being a little dramatic of like purebred horse racing everything from like the corruption to the inbreeding which causes one of there's like a big horse track in california that has been um that was under investigation because they felt the track itself was causing horses to be injured they talked about how it like purebred horse racing traces back to two american like aristocratic families the vanderbilts and the woodwards oh my god um, that doesn't that just doesn't the name vanderbilt sound pretentious oh extremely oh, oh yeah the vanderbilts yeah. <laughs> well, you can't you can't say it any other way than that you got to say it like thurston howell the third from gilligan's island the Vanderbilt. Yeah, I my head the wall trying to lift my nose up saying it. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh, as soon as you say it, you smell like cheese and wine. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and I have mojitos at the Vanderbilt. Mm. <laughs> but it's just so good. I, what I didn't know, and I don't know anything about horse racing, but in order to play, or not to play, in order to race in the Kentucky Derby, a horse has to be three years old. No younger, no older. I didn't know that. Strange fact. Random fact. <laughs> now, 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 when one of our listeners is on a game show and they ask that question, they're gonna fucking win it. They're gonna be like, "No, I don't need to fucking call a friend. I don't need to call a fucking friend." Three exactly. fucking years old. That's yeah. That's my final answer. You fucking asshole. I fucking. I, I didn't listen to the podcast, but I listened to Stephanie Chapman talk about said podcast, she, and she and she knows nothing about horse racing. <laughs> How, how much free podcast time do you have where that's where you're at? Like that, that's crazy. You just, okay. oh my God. Yeah. What, what roads are you going down where you're just fucking like, Hey, this week I'm going to be, uh, all about horse racing. Like I listen to podcasts like while I'm working and I'm working from home now. So I can just listen to podcasts for eight, nine hours a day. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I can tell you've been doing it for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's really good. What's it called? What's it? It's a thirty for thirty. What's it? What's the? Is is that the? It's a three. Yeah, it's a three. It's a three episode series on the thirty for thirty. It's called Bloodlines. Bloodlines. Okay. Yes. And there's. I mean, they're worried about the end of the of the purebred horse racing sport. That it's going to come to an end soon. They think. Okay, I'm I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Oh, the humanity. (laughs) Oh man. Oh my gosh, Stephanie, you just. You never know what Stephanie's going to bring to the table. Yeah, that was wild. I'm glad you didn't put a stop to that. No, I, I'm, I'm glad that I, uh, yeah, I opened that up and I was just like, holy shit. What the fuck? You should watch, uh, if you want to watch a movie about horse racing, you should watch uh, uh, Lean on Pete. It's a uh, A24 film. I think it might be on Amazon. I know it was on Canopy if you have Canopy. But yeah, it's called Lean on Pete. It's an A24 film. Uh, Steve Buscemi's in it. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Check it out, everybody. Um, <laughs> that was totally Vanderbilt, too. <laughs> the Vanderbilts. Yeah. Thanks for the review, Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah. There's the Kardashians and the Vanderbilts. <laughs> and the Kennedys. 
Yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about Grey Poupon. Grey Poupon. <laughs> prestigious family, the Vanderbilts. <laughs> it's not the you know Jake earlier. It's not the Hatfields and the Vanderbilts. <laughs> it's the Hatfields and the McCoys. You know what I mean? It's not the, the yes. Vanderbilts. <laughs> I'd watch that show too. The Hatfields and the Vanderbilts. Yeah, it gives you, it's harder to root for someone in the Hatfield McCoy one. I, I could easily root against the Vanderbilts. Yeah, Jake's yeah. like, uh, Jake's like, ah, team Hatfield, team Hatfield! <laughs> Get those pretentious fucks. <laughs> Jake's wearing a t-shirt that says, hashtag team Hatfield. <laughs> oh yeah. Or like a fucking sleeves cut off shirt. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Ah. I watched, uh, watched a new anime. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. This is a new anime on Crunchyroll. Uh, two episodes have been dropped. They dropped the second episode today on the 10th, the time of recording. Uh, in a world where demons feed on unsuspecting humans, fragments of the legend. What are you giggling at, sir? In a world where demons. <laughs> in a world where demons. And so it's like the total like 80s, 90s, like fucking trailer guy. In a world. Yeah, sorry. The, the description caught me off guard. In a world where demons feed on unsuspecting humans, fragments of the legendary and feared demon Ryuman Sukuna were lost and scattered about. Should any demon consume Sukuna's body parts, the power they gain could destroy the world as we know it. Fortunately, there exists a mysterious school of jiu-jitsu sorcerers who exist to protect the precarious existence of the living from the undead. Yuji Itadori is high school is a high schooler who spends his days visiting his bedridden grandfather. Although he looks like your average teenager, his immense physical strength is something to behold. Every sports club wants him to join, but Itadori would rather hang out with the school outcasts in the occult club. One day, the club managers uh, club manages to get their hands on a sealed curse object, but little do they know the terror they'll unleash. When they break the seal, Jake. I know you watched the first episode. What'd you think about uh, Jujutsu Kaisen? Yeah, this show is super ridiculous, but I liked it quite a lot. Like it was lots of lots of exposition and lots of setup, but still time to kind of get the flavor of the show and you know what the occult club is going to be about and just kind of what kind of villain characters we're going to see throughout. Uh, this was a high tasted for me. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it's not the polished, amazing storytelling that's like Demon Slayer or anything. It's a little bit on the goofy side, but it's a fun kind of goofy, and, and I would watch more of this. I, yeah, I think I found like my new anime that I'm going to be watching, um, you know, every Sunday uh, as it drops on uh, Crunchyroll with uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. I I'm, <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this. I had a lot of fun with this. And, uh, I watched the first episode and I was just like, I gotta see where the second episode goes. And so I watched the second episode immediately after. And yeah, you've got this, this, this high school kid, Itadori, who basically, uh, is, yeah, he's super physically strong. Um, and 
finds himself with his occult club. Uh, his occult club is made up of a, of a girl and this other guy and they're being attacked by a curse. And the curse is like, a, it's, it looks like a monster, but they call it them curses and it's basically consuming them. And the cursed object is a finger from this uh, demon Sukuna. And apparently there's 20 of these fingers that are out there and they have to just, yeah, I thought that was a funny reveal. Yeah. About the, the 20 fingers, 20 fingers. Cause he's got like, he's got four hands. So yeah, the host, the host initially assumes it's the toes. Yeah. And that's why there's 20 of them, but they're like, no, no nope. hands, four hands. And so it, you can't destroy them though. Like they, they, there's a scene where they show, a character trying to destroy one of the fingers and it's kind of like watching like Lord of the Rings where they, you know, you got Gimli who tries to fucking destroy the, the, the ring and it's just, it's indestructible. Um, so their plan here is the whole premise of this show basically is that they have to destroy these fingers to, to, to ultimately destroy Sukuna. Otherwise he still lives and he, and they don't want him to get to full strength to come back at full strength. So they find out that Itadori can cons- he consumes this cursed object, the finger of Sukuna, takes on those powers, and Sukuna tries to take over him, like possess him, and Itadori can suppress this demon. Can he's powerful enough as a human to suppress this demon? We don't know why, but he can't. And um the whole plan here is for him to him to consume all 20 of these fingers and then the jiu-jitsu council is going to uh, the jiu-jitsu sorcerers are going to kill itadori which would then kill any presence of sakuna it's is that complicated it sounds complicated when i say it holy moly yeah it's super ridiculous but <laughs> when you kind of spell it out like that it kind of takes away from how just kind of fun the concept is it is it's super fun i think like the action and the fighting was super fun and it was uh i think it was drawn ex- uh you know exceptionally well i i'm gonna give it a tupperware i loved it this like this is like gonna be my new kind of like um anime that I'm going to be watching as I'm trying to get caught up on my hero academia. Don't fucking shame me, Jake. I'm so fucking behind on my hero. I'm only in season two. I think two. I'm two seasons behind now, honestly. Uh, well, season five's coming out soon. Yeah. So that's a good idea. Get back watching maybe three or four of those a week. Yeah, no shit. And then maybe one of these days I'll catch up on One Piece. <laughs> Yeah, I'll never start that. <laughs> it's got over 900 episodes, people. Oh, Jeez. really? I thought maybe they'd had their 1,000th by now. I think they were, like, last I checked, they were at, like, 960, but I could be wrong. I think they're at, like, 960. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Jujitsu Kaisen, though, it's on crunchy, Country Roll. Crunchy Roll? <laughs> country Roll, I thought you said. Yeah, it's on Crunchy Roll. Or you can get the Verve app, which is what I do, Verve. And then you can get a bunch of other shit on Verve, like High Dive and Boomerang and all this other shit, and that's 10 bucks a month. I, I recommend Verve. I think it's great. Uh, yeah, Verve is pretty cool, but it used to be a lot cooler. I was surprised when I logged yeah. on it again that it was basically just anime at this point. Well, they, they I mean, they used to have, uh, they got, mo- they, they got High Dive on there now. They used to have Shudder on there at one time, and then they used to have Funimation on there too at one time. 
Yeah, they had Nickelodeon on there. They had a bunch of like gaming, Dungeons and Dragons, and Magic the Gathering stuff on there. Yeah. They had Rooster Teeth on there too, I believe. They had uh, Pornhub on there. No, that was <laughs> that. Sorry, I'm, guys. I'm just I'm I'm just looking at things on my browser. I apologize. Um, <laughs> they don't have Pornhub on there. Dolly Parton, here I am. Who watched Dolly Parton? Here I am. I, Paul, I know you watched it. I did. Yes. I, Stephanie, you watched this one. I did. Yeah, I watched it too. Jake, I know you didn't get a chance to see this one. In this documentary, the life, career, and music of Dolly Parton is reflected in interviews with friends and companions and the artist herself, interlaced with clips of Parton's performances. Um, I grew up listening to Dolly Parton. My mom is a huge fan. My mom loves Dolly Parton. My mom loves Kenny Rogers and... So I listened to a lot of Dolly Parton as a kid. I was forced to go to the Grand. I'm not a country guy, but I, but I do like Dolly Parton. I was forced to go to the fucking Grand Old Opry back in the day and shit. I fucking I hated it. It was like like it was not for me. I fucking I fucking hated that Doing shit. Doing the Texas two step. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I couldn't stand it. But um, I've always liked Dolly Parton. I think she's got an amazing voice, and um, I just think she's kind of like a. She is an icon. She is an icon. And um, this documentary, I first started watching it, and I was like, ah, this is not what I want. This is not what I want. And I'm literally, I'm literally like 10 minutes into this documentary. And I tell Paul, oh, you don't have to watch this one. And Paul's like, I finished it. And he's like, he's like, you know, spoilers. Paul's like, I, I watched it, and I really enjoyed it. And so, like, I was like, okay, like, let me get back on this one. Cause, like, I, I, I love Dolly Parton. I just wanted this to be a, a good document. I, and I continued to watch it and I finished the whole fucking thing and I'm glad I did. I thought it was fantastic. I give it an absolute Tupperware. I was blown away by the end of this thing. I, I really enjoyed this quite a bit. Paul, um, yeah, I want you to expound on, like, kind of like your thoughts on this too. Yeah, so um, I I am the complete opposite way uh, with your um, from you with knowledge of Dolly Parton. I pretty much just know her as Dollywood, um, and that's about it. Like I know she was in Nine to Five, and that Kenny Rogers challenged her in the Ice Bucket Challenge. Uh, that's that's <laughs> my uh, pure knowledge of Dolly Parton. And I initially thought this was going to look at like her life. You know, like, like, like how she grew up and all that, but like it mainly focuses on the music and I learned so much. It is such a tupper where I came out with like one thing that, that I do know about Dolly Parton besides the Kenny Rogers thing is that she donates a lot of money to like education programs in, um, in Tennessee and all that. So I've always respected her for that, but like, to really get inside of her brain and talk to the people that were there when she rose up, like she is a fucking marketing machine. The way she marketed herself, like how she, she um, embraced the ditzy blonde role and just fucking owned it with it. And her uh, concerts look more like their stand-up comedy routines um, mixed in with music and just, you know, the the whole story of her pretty much telling Elvis to fuck off was fucking amazing. Um, so, yeah, it's a total Tupperware. I learned so much more about uh, Dolly Parton. I came away with a whole new respect for uh, the music that she's written, not only for herself, but for 
hundreds of artists out there. I yeah, my mom is a big fan. I, I I let my mom know that this is on Netflix and uh but I as a kid, we used to watch the Dolly Parton had like a variety show in the late 80s, mid 80s, late 80s. And we I think it only lasted like one season, but we watched every episode and I I loved it. I thought it was I I loved it. It was a fun variety show and I thought it was fantastic. So I was a big fan of hers uh, with that. And I, I, you know, nine to five, I think it's a fantastic song, but like, I haven't listened to everything in her catalog and like the song, the bridge song. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Like how heavy is the bridge song? Well, like, yeah. And if you look at a lot of her songs back then, they were like, this was so fucking radical. Well, she was a feminist well, what, icon, one of the first feminist icon, uh, icons, yeah. you know, as far as like in the music industry. And she was kind of doing it on the slide, but it was in a way it was very overt, too. If you just listen to the lyrics, I think people just got caught up in her voice and the sound. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it was so good. It just like. You know, like, and it was a couple other songs that they really dove into that, like, helped pioneer her as, like, you know, like the the face of feminism and, and all of that. So, yeah, it was, I, yeah, this is great. What'd you think, Stephanie? What, when, when we could pull you away from your fucking <laughs> horse racing podcast, what'd you think? Of, what'd you think of Dolly Parton? Here I am. <laughs> I thought it was really good. I give it a high taste it. Um, as somebody who only knows Dolly Parton as obviously she is an icon, but I know very little about her music. Like I you knew just, Jolene. We all just knew she she's she she just has big breasts. Huge. Just, huge. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> and so like those few like note or like songs that that I think like crossed over is what I know. I think Dolly Parton to me has always been more of a character. Um and so this documentary helped me understand more about her, other than the fact that, like, I mean, everybody should know that she's immensely talented. Um, I like the my favorite part of the documentary personally was the, when they talked about, like, her character, like, the character of Dolly. And Lily Tomlin talks about it. Jane Fonda, mm-hmm. um, her co-stars in 9 to 5 talk about it. But she had mentioned they had they showed a, a clip of an interview that she had done where. Um, the interviewer asked her if she's like, if she minds, if that she, does she know that people are laughing at her? And she said, yes, I do know that they're laughing at me, but the joke's on them because I can change this up at any time. Like I'm in control of myself. And then later, a little bit later in the documentary, they're talking to Lily Tomlin and Lily Tomlin's like, I'm sure that that was the case at the time, that it was just a small portion of her personality or who she was, but it's so ingrained in her now that I don't know if it's, it may just be all of her now, like the character, the boobs, the wigs, the outfits, all of that. And so, that's how I've always seen her, um, and that's unfortunate, I think, because there's so much more to her that this documentary showed me that I just wasn't aware of. And she's just um, an amazing, like, as far as, like, writing music, she's yes. just amazing. Like, and, and, like, the songs are super deep. Like, that song, The Bridge, and, like, the the story that it tells, like, um, and that's a song that she wrote as a teenager, they said, I believe. And the way the song abruptly ends... And I don't want to spoil it. This is on Netflix. You can watch it now. Like it was, I think this was originally just like a movie that came out that you could 
rent or something, but now it's on Netflix and you can watch it. I, I, I was, yeah, I, I really enjoy this and the, the focus on the music. I, I too, Paul, that's one of the reasons like I was kind of like down on it when I first started it. Cause like I wanted like the whole history. I wanted her family. I wanted mm-hmm. everything and I was kind of down on it. But like, I think like this is the correct route that you take when you want to tell the story of Dolly Parton is like get into the music, get into like, you know, like what the music meant to her and, and, um, I enjoyed that they put the lyrics up on the screen for you to read and man, yeah. she's, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. I, I give it a Tupperware. I loved it. So glad I watched it. Yeah. I need to check this out. My grandparents were huge Dolly Parton fans. So I, I kind of got force fed a lot of it too when I was a kid. And you know, when I was eight, I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I also wouldn't mind checking out the, uh, have you watched the storytellers thing also? No. Yeah, I've heard that was really good from people that have seen it, where mm. it's like a drama reenactment of six of her most famous songs. I have not seen that. Um, Code 404 on Peacock. Uh, we'll talk about this real quick. It's a comedy. Um, this was originally on Sky Network. And what, actually, I've noticed that Peacock, that's what they're doing. Like um, that show that you mentioned, Paul. Intelligence. Yeah, yeah. that was a Sky original, I'm, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they're just now they're just fucking putting all this shit on Peacock and saying it's a Peacock original. Um, that's what they did with Hitmen. That's what they're doing with Code 404. This is a British detective killed in action is brought back to life using an experimental artificial intelligence. It stars Stephen Graham and Daniel Mays. And, um, yeah, so you've got a guy who is like a, um, you know, police detective and uh he's like the best and his partner's there and so he gets he gets killed they bring him back with artificial intelligence he comes back a year later and his partner is now with his wife and it's a comedy and i liked it enough i'll just give it a taste it i i don't know if it's something that i'm gonna come back to but I thought it was fine. And I love Stephen Graham. Loved him in Taboo. I haven't seen him do comedy. Apparently, he's done comedy with Daniel Mays before in another series, which I have not seen. But I like this enough. I thought it was fine. What would you think, Paul? Uh, I'm going to give it a low taste. It. Um, there were some bits that worked. I didn't buy the, like, I didn't, you know, they're trying to set up, like, a mystery as to how he got killed or reasons why he got killed. And I just didn't care about it. Um, I think they're being a little too goofy with him being like a computer now, which I get is, you know, the premise, but I just, it, it, it felt almost a little forced to me. And I do love the guy that, that does play his partner. I didn't see him in taboo, but he was, uh, Al Capone on, um, on boardwalk empire. So he's an awesome, uh, Oh, right on. Yeah. He's an awesome dramatic actor. So yeah, it was weird seeing him in this. I just, I don't know, like the, their whole vision of what the future could look like and all the technology. I don't know. It was just to me, it just felt too forced. And uh, there was some parts that worked, But, yeah, I'm going to give it a low taste. It well, that's code 404 on Peacock. I don't have a lot to say about it either, Paul. Yeah, no, I, I watched the first episode of this. Actually, oh, you did? I, to- I toss it. Yeah. Um, it didn't do anything for me. It was like exactly the same plot as like RoboCop kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> except there was like no humor and there it seems like there could easily be some humor to be mined here but yeah, I just thought it was 
it wasn't quite over the top enough or it just wasn't risky enough. It was just really silly and bad. I was confused by the end credits. I didn't know if that was just like Why, yeah. stuff that was happening or was that like – I think it's future uh, episode stuff, but it was just very confusing as to like why they're showing us that in the end, in the end credits. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, they were just spoiling like future plot points like, oh, yeah. we understand that you didn't like this first episode, but stick around. <laughs> yeah, I'm out on this. I'll never watch another episode of this again. Yeah. Yeah. I I also low taste it. Oh, you I saw did. it too? I, I, I did. No, it's okay. It's fine. Thanks for forgetting me. I appreciate it. I don't know. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Everyone's sneaking in with their Code 404 review. Fuck. uh, Kitty's got claws. Wow. Oh, Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely no horse racing documentary podcast. I'll tell you that much. It's a, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, hey, Paul, what's your opinion? All right, let's move on. Everybody, <laughs> I wasn't that offended because I, I don't really have much to say about it. I really didn't care for it. Yeah, yeah. That's code four hundred four on Peacock. I think we. I don't think anybody's going to be watching that on based on our recommendation. Uh, Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween. This is the Adam Sandler Netflix film. It's a Netflix original. Despite his devotion to his hometown of Salem and its Halloween celebration, Hubie Dubois is a figure of mockery for kids and adults alike. But this year, something is going bump in the night. And it's up to Hubie to save Halloween. So Adam Sandler... When he did not uh, win the Oscar for Uncut Gems, said he was going to make the worst movie ever. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, he hasn't made it yet because I fucking love this movie. <laughs> Shocker. Spoiler. I fucking loved Hubie Halloween. This took me back to like, the, I know you guys are going to fucking hate it, but I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I fucking loved it. I fucking loved Hubie Halloween. It was so stupid. It just took me back to like the stupid Adam Sandler movies that I loved of yesteryear, like The Water Boy and, uh, you know, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. Um, I don't know if I can put it up there with, you know, <laughs> those pinnacles of comedy, <laughs> but I did enjoy Hubie Halloween quite a bit. I really like this one a lot. Um, and like just, it's got an insane cast of like you know Rob Sh- of uh, not Rob Schneider of Adam Sandler's friends that are just joining him in this um, you know Kevin James uh, we got Ray Liotta Rob Schneider Shaquille O'Neal Keenan Thompson Steve Buscemi mm-hmm. Maya Rudolph uh, Michael Chiklis Tim Meadows George Wallace was in this fucking thing dude I, I fucking I grew up watching George Wallace stand up comedy I fucking one of the one of my favorite things that George Wallace would ever bring up like in his stand up act is he he had this whole thing where he was like people say some stupid shit people say some stupid stuff he's like I went into the doctor's office one time and the and the woman met me at the at the front and she's like are you here to see the doctor and he's like no i'm here to twist your nipples <laughs> but i love george wallace he's in this fucking movie colin quinn um oh my god uh 
Mikey Day from SNL. It's got a huge fucking cast. I don't know. I thought this movie was stupid as fuck, but on the flip side, it was just, it's a Halloween movie. We're, we're, we're heading into the Halloween season. Um, I loved his fucking, he has like this Swiss army, um, <laughs> canteen that he uses and it took me back to canteen boy. Um, on SNL. And then there's like all these Easter eggs for like, um, you know, the old Adam Sandler movies, like, you know, uh, orderly Hal played by Ben Stiller, uh, <laughs> is in this movie, plays the same character. You've got an, Od- an O'Doyle character in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I fucking, I had a blast watching it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear you guys hate it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Jake, just tell me tell me how much you hated this movie. Oh God, this was like one of the ten worst things I've ever watched on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated this movie so much. Um, the only thing I laughed at was a few of his mom's t-shirts. Actually, gave me a laugh out loud. <laughs> oh yeah, his mom played um, by June Squibb from uh, she was in Nebraska. I fucking love her. Yeah, she was the best part of the movie for me if I have to look at, like, The Shining Light. But, man, I hated this so fucking much. And I, I love me some Billy Madison. I love me some Happy Gilmore. But I don't know. I just did, was not in tune with the comic sensibilities of this movie. I mean, within the first three minutes when he's vomiting off the side of his bike after doing his thing, I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to like this. Oh, man, much. I love that all the people throwing shit at him when he's riding his bike. <laughs> I love I love all the people waiting in line at the like the at the Halloween event. And he's like, uh, I made some I made some Halloween crossword puzzles. And he gives it to that woman. and She just dumps him in the trash <laughs> i lost my shit <laughs> yeah i just i mean i i get it it definitely was meant to be campy and it was meant to be cheesy but it just didn't do anything for for me and uh, it was super boring super unfunny i i just couldn't stand this movie what a waste of a bunch of good talent oh man oh can't wait to watch this one again uh paul which, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, can't, I fucking loved it Paul, where did you, Paul, how much did you hate this movie? I tossed this shit out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this is, I'm sure I'm gonna get, I'm sure I'm gonna catch some flack. I think, I mean, 10 year old me would have loved this shit out of this <laughs> Oh, fuck. This is, Are you, I, fuck you, Dr. Doom Jr. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this has to be one of the most mean spirited movies I have seen. In such a long time, I could see if like the shit that this whole town was doing to to um you know to uh, Adam Sandler's Hubie. character. It's called Hubie. Hubie Halloween, and you forgot the name of the main uh, character. <laughs> 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 Right now, no, like that's a testament to the movie. <laughs> right now, it's like disappearing on my Netflix uh, queue, just like fucking Marty McFly's siblings. That's I fucking hate this shit. Um, but no, like, like if the shit the town was doing to him wasn't played for laughs. Mm-hmm. I think I would have enjoyed this much more. And, and, you know, I'm sure I'm going to get shit about this, but, you know, one of my biggest obstacles right now as a teacher is stopping bullying. And this just kind of almost sometimes made it funny to pick on someone that's different. And it was just, to me, it was just so mean spirited. Uh, 
Not a lot of funny shit for me. Um, so, yeah, I just tossed the fuck out of it. Uh, Stephanie, how much did you hate this movie? This movie was hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Like, I don't know who keeps letting Adam Sandler make movies. I just don't think I understand. <laughs> this was so bad. It was so dumb. Uh, this I is, don't even. This don't, is a return to form. <laughs> oh my god. And like, I felt like they spent all this time on casting. But they picked all of these for, in my opinion, like all these hit or miss comedic actors. And it was all, all, each one of these people on set was just a miss each time. I was like thinking, even if I didn't like the character of Hubie, that like all of these like actors, these, these, these well-known comedic actors would bring it back for me. And they just didn't. You didn't like Steve Buscemi as the guy who thinks he's a werewolf and, <laughs> and glues fur onto his arm. <laughs> Do you know how ridiculous that sounds? That's what's that's what makes it so fucking great. It's so dumb. Okay, Shaq's voice was kind of funny. I will give it that when you see Shaq talking like a girl, or I mean, like as a real different voice. I thought that part was funny. <laughs> I thought Ray Liotta made the most of it when it came to acting. <laughs> like I didn't enjoy his character, but he definitely seemed like he was. <laughs> He was maybe acting a bit. Oh, this is the best thing he's done since Goodfellas. You're so funny. <laughs> I mean, that may be true as well. Come on, dude. Let's not forget about Operation Dumbo Drop. Yeah, best thing since Unlawful Entry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Turbulence. What was that? Did, <laughs> was that No Escape? Do you remember No Escape? Was it called No oh, Escape? I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 Keenan Thompson. I love this movie. Guy can answer a phone. Oh. Tim Meadows with his with his wig. <laughs> Tim Meadows does always make me laugh. I did laugh at Tim Meadows. I was at a Bulls game in Indiana. I watched the Bulls against the Indiana Pacers, and he was in attendance. That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, holy fuck! That's that's Tim Meadows. That's the fucking that's the ladies' man. Some cabassier. <laughs> I loved I loved his wig in this movie. <laughs> I kept hitting the hitting the button on the Apple TV to see how much longer of this movie there was going to be. Yeah. Oh like, man, it was the only thing this week I did that with, where I was like, okay, twenty more minutes, and then it felt like twenty minutes went by, and I hit the button again. It was like fifteen more minutes. I I kept rewinding it to laugh at the jokes again. <laughs> Slow mo reverse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not lying, man. I fucking I slowed it down to half speed so it would last double long. It, it took was... me seven hours to finish this movie. Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. I thought it was so great. I thought Rob Schneider was terrible. That's the only bad thing I'll say about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else, though, is just like on point and fucking just hilarious. And I loved it. And I loved how shitty they treated him. Because it was just a... Oh, man. You told me, man. Fuck that guy. Oh, it's so good. It was so good. Oh, Adam, Adam Sandler is back. He's back. 
Uh, it feels good to say that. Uh, so it's such a. <laughs> Man, I like some dumb Adam Sandler movies too. Like I love me some Little Nicky. Oh but, yeah. yeah I don't, I did don't you know. ever? It's did you watch the SNL where they had like the Sandler family reunion? Yeah. No, I don't think I've seen that. They did the Sandler family reunion, and Adam shows up, and like all of his family is, they're accusing him of all of his movies being stolen from like their personalities. And he's got like family, he's got Pete Davidson is dressed like little Nicky <laughs> and he's talking, <laughs> he talks exactly like little Nicky and they've, he's got like a family member that talks just like the water boy. And then he's got like that, you know, the, the happy Gilmore fucking like brothers. They're like, and they're all talking like that. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. That's pretty good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. It's probably fucking on YouTube. Oh, shit. I love it. Peacock's got every episode of SNL now. I know. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. It's fun. Oh, I can't. Oh, there's so many that, like, because, like, Hulu had them for a long time. Didn't they? They had a bunch. You could go back and watch. I think you could go all the way back to fucking 75 back in the day. And then, like. Uh, as of like the past couple of years, like it only went back to like maybe like past fifteen or something like that. But yeah, yeah, every single season on Peacock now. I know. So. The, who is the first? Who is the first host? Do you remember? Mm, I don't. I, I th- George Carlin. It, I think it was George Carlin. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as I said I don't remember, I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 Ah. Uh, Oh, uh, what are we doing? Oh, this is a show that we do every week. <laughs> uh, you guys want to take another break and come back and do the news? Or do you got uh, Jake, do you have any good pop, bad pop? Um, other than I got to play the Super Mario Brothers 35 five or six times now since it's come out. Have you played this yet, Paul? Uh, no, I have not. I, I need to get it, but you just made me think of another good pop, bad pop, real quick. I'm oh, sorry. fuck both of you! <laughs> oh man, it's a, it's. I'll be really quick, but it's a. Paul's like, guy. oh, I forgot. I wa- I fucking listened to that fucking horse racing podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a thirty on thirty about lacrosse. I was gonna uh, say cricket about. Yeah. <laughs> Dark yeah. in England. Uh, Super Mario Bros. 35, though, is a free download if you have Nintendo Switch and you're subscribed to online. Wait, um, it's, it's only going It's free. It costs zero dollars, zero cents. You can download it right now as long as you already pay for the online, which is two bucks a month, I believe. Yeah. Hey, Jake, oh, let me throw this out to you. How, how, uh, how ironic would this be? A fucking Southern father spanking his kid with a Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if he owned a bunch of the Nintendo Switches and he made his kid go pick out which one that he was going to yeah, beat his own yeah. kid with? Grab me a Switch, boy. And then, like, brings out the Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> brings out the, the Animal Crossing design one. <laughs> I'm going to cross this over your ass, boy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's what the father would say. Before DCFS rolls up, I'm, what, I'm sorry, Jake. You <laughs> it, thought- it would make a decent paddle. It's definitely shaped that way. Like you could yeah. apply it in that way for e- easily. Wow, dude, do, are we getting a little look into the bedroom action, Jake? What's, <laughs> what's going on here, buddy? <laughs> Jake, Jake does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> oh, that's. 
That caught me off guard. That's funny though. Hey, it's oh, no, but- it's no fucking truck joke. It's no fucking truck joke. <laughs> Decent people. Are, you got one fucking listener still reeling from that thing. Anyway, go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm- but yeah, it's it's just like the Tetris 99. You play 35 people are playing Super Mario Brothers one at the same time, uh-huh. and it is intense. Every time you kill an enemy, that enemy you kill goes to someone else's screen. And so the level is exactly like original Super Mario Brothers, except all the enemies that come from everyone else are like gray, like shadow enemies, basically. And you can't use your muscle memory from playing this game a million times because those enemies can just pop up whenever. And it's to the point where you can be on different levels at the same time. Like if someone uses the warp zone and goes to World 4, they'll be at a completely different level. But everything you kill still goes somewhere. So if you kill a Bowser... You could be in an underwater level, and all of a sudden, like, a shadow Bowser shows up in the underwater level shooting fireballs at you. And it's just wild to see all the different things that can happen on the levels, just depending on what the other players are sending to you and what level they are on. So it's a lot of fun. I've played it, like, five or six times. I've gotten second place multiple times now. Still can't bag that first place, but, oh, I got to get it. Oh, that's awesome, man. That sounds fun as shit. That's like a fucking – that's like uh uh, Super Mario Battle Royale. Yeah, it's so intense. That's exactly what it is. Like, I turned to Michelle, I was like, you want to play? And she's like, no, not after watching that. <laughs> she's like, it definitely you, gets intense. She's like, are you still going to spank me with that thing later? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jake, I had to say it. No, it's, it's funny. <laughs> But I can't believe I stepped into that. I handed you, I handed you this way from over there. Jesus. <laughs> but I, if you have a Switch, there's no reason to not play this. And the sooner the better because, weirdly enough, it's only available for the 35th anniversary of Mario. And they're actually going to pull it from the online store, I believe, in mid-May. Oh, man. Look at them fucking like, like Disney throwing shit in a vault, Jake. Nintendo has become Disney with that kind of shit. They're doing the same thing with the 3D All-Stars game. It's being pulled from shelves in the digital store as well. So, mm. Yeah, that's the way they're going to be. Next year is the 35th anniversary of Zelda, and they're going to probably do some crazy shenanigans with that too. Nintendo's really weird with 35th anniversaries for some reason, and you would think it'd be like a 25 or a 50, but really pushing the old 35. Hmm. All right. Any... any- Paul, you, you thought of something else. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just kind of piggybacking off of Jake super quick. Um, I got the kids the new Lego Mario set. And oh, if awesome. you were, dude, it's, it's nothing like I've ever seen before. You get an oversized Mario figure with the – you can only get them in the starter pack. And it comes with all this stuff to make it look like – a regular Mario level, you know, like with the green and the blocks and stuff. But uh, what you do is you download the Mario app, which is free, or the Lego Mario app, and then you connect this minifigure to um, your tablet or your phone through Bluetooth. And throughout the piece, like it's all customizable. They have little barcodes that you can put throughout your little course you made, and you take Mario and you run them through. And he scans these barcodes, and then you can come back on the tablet or phone and watch the level in video game form that you just made. It's fucking insane. You can get, like, power-up packs, but uh, 
it's a total Tupperware. If, if you're looking for a cool gift to get, uh, I would get the Lego Mario. Do you think that there's ever been a guy like shows up at somebody's house to fucking like clean out a drain, their pipes, you know what I mean? And he's like, hi, I'm Mario. And you know what I mean? Like, do you think it's ever ha- like in real life? It's like a real guy. Oh, 100%. Named- oh, my God. I feel sorry for that guy so much. Oh, my. His life changed as soon as Mario blew up. Right. I mean, as soon as Mario became the icon that he is, like. This guy had to find another fucking profession. Like, there's no, how do you fucking go forward in the plumbing profession? How do you go forward plumbing when your name is Mario? At that point, you have to switch to carpentry. Yeah. Or gynecology to check out the other pipes. Ah! (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the Vanderbilt. Oh, the Vanderbilt. Let me look at your vagina, Mrs. Vanderbilt. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh. That that was funny, Paul. <laughs> Maybe I can open for Jake. Um, you got the gate, Paul. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. You guys are just the kings of comedy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Stephanie will not be in attendance. She'll be too busy fucking watching a, uh, I don't know. She'll be watching, listening to a 30 for 30 on fucking (laughs) knitting doilies or something. I don't know what the fuck she's doing. Competitive tic-tac-toe. Informative. Underwater, oh, t- underwater basket weaving. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a, you know what, let's take, you know, let's take a break from this fucking show permanently, Jake. How about we do that? How about we just fucking end this for real? Like we're done. Yeah, let's come back like a year from now and pick up right here. Get Paul and Stephanie back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome back. Oh, God, Hubie Halloween was so bad. (laughs) It's like coming back from the snap. (laughs) Um, It is is the Citizen Kane of comedy, sir. Yeah, I think that movie's overrated, too. Oh, uh, hot take Jake is what we call him. (laughs) Walking on the edge there. Take a quick break. We'll be right back with the Pop Culture Leftovers News. Welcome back. It's uh, now time for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Ah, uh, Glow. Season four. Oh. Canceled. What the fuck? 
Bullshit. Yeah, I read they filmed like an episode and maybe a third of the second episode too before the whole pandemic happened. God. Mm. And it fucking suck because Allison Brie was really starting to like cut her teeth into directing episodes on Glow. I think she was going to direct a lot more in this fourth season. So just especially with the way it ended too, Brian, it, it fucking sucks. I I hear crickets out of Stephanie. It's like she's just been fucking listening to horse racing podcasts. <laughs> have, have you watched any of Glow? No, I've never seen that. Yeah, you don't give a fuck, do you? <laughs> it's, not, it's not. It's not. It's not horse racing. I'm not fucking watching. Yeah. It's, it's no Sea Biscuit. <laughs> uh, oh man, I love that fucking Sea Biscuit movie. Yeah, it's great. Did oh, you? So okay, great. I like. Okay, did you like War Horse, the Spielberg movie? Uh, I, no, I did not care for War Horse very much. I don't love it, War Horse, but I didn't hate it. I thought it was still a good movie. I, but I don't know if like I'll ever watch it again. Same camp, same camp. I wasn't yeah. like disgusted by watching it, but it was. It seemed pretty needless. Oh my god! Do you remember the Black Beauty movie when we were kids, Jake? Oh, of course. I fucking yeah. love that movie, dude. Yeah, dude. There was this fucking movie about like two kids. I, I want to say Into the Wild West or something. And I just got to shut up because I can't explain it anymore. Oh my god! It involves like a white horse. I don't know. Oh god. Fuck I feel it. like movies about horses that are like the central character is like a horse. They're always so sad because something always happens to the horse. Horses are like the one animal that like have been involved in war. It's like hard to watch because I feel like horses are always collateral damage. Yeah, horses always get fucked up in like westerns. They always get shot. Yeah. Arrows. They get fucked up in Braveheart. Yeah. Fucking Andre the Giant body slammed one in WrestleMania 4. <laughs> that did not happen. Um, <laughs> it's not so far fetched though that it couldn't have. No. Oh my god. <laughs> that was a dumb dumb thing to say. Dumb thing to say. I just I'm trying I'm trying to I'm trying to top that fucking truck joke from the beginning of the episode and I'm, th- I'm yeah, I'm throwing out some very experimental stuff. Jake, you're very seasoned. You're very seasoned and like you know what I mean? And it's 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 not working for me. Just don't think about it, man. Don't let it be like a cloud over you. It's in my fucking head, Jake. It's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> you got in my head now, bro. Oh, man. Dune. Dune is not releasing in October 20. Uh, no, excuse me. It's not releasing in December of 2020. It's now releasing in October of 2021. It got pushed oh back a whole God. year. I can hear Neil screaming with bad internet right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, it's terrible. And then on, on Becoming a God in Central Florida got canceled by Showtime. I mean, I am just – that tears me up. That tears me up. Did you notice when you watched uh, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always that the one guy was from that show? It's Toby, right, or something? Yeah, yeah, it was the lead little dickhead in becoming yeah. a god in Central Florida. Yeah, I totally recognized him right away, and, you know, his creepy karaoke didn't help either. Oh, Kirsten Dunst was so fantastic in that show on Showtime. She was so good. You that know, has he, to be some of her best work. Oh, 100%. And she was great in Fargo Season 2. Yeah. But you know who she's married to? Jesse Plemons. Yeah. I think they met 
on Fargo. Oh, that's amazing. I don't, I think they're such a great couple. I think that's fantastic. I love it. Absolutely. I just want to see her kiss him upside down. He, I want, I want them to hang <laughs> Jesse Plemons upside down. I want to see them to make out. <laughs> News from firewireblog.com. I'm bringing this up because I've got Paul and, of course, Jake here. It was just going to be a Paul, Brian, and Jake episode at first, which I wanted to – a Paul, Brian, and Jake episode. I want to call those PB&J episodes. Hey. Love it. <laughs> Love it. There we go. But you know what? You know what goes really good with peanut butter and jelly pretzels, and that's why I've got Stephanie up. <gasps> yeah. 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 That's the most excited I've heard you this entire fucking time, Stephanie. Oh, that's not true. You brought up pretzels. I'm pretty excited about the horses. I know. I gotta get Stephanie into this. I feel like Stephanie just, you checked out. You hate, you hate PCL now. You're done. <laughs> She's going to be one of our haters. She'll be leaving comments on the website. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie Chapman Jr. leaves a review next week. <laughs> She's going to go have coffee with fucking Dr. Doom Jr. Oh, man. They'll, they'll drive to the to the coffee shop in a truck, right, Jake? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Uh, one of these days. <laughs> uh, uh, news from FireWireBlog.com. And I, I really wanted to bring this up because I really wanted to hear what Paul and Jake has to have to say about this. Is uh, During New York Comic Con, author Ernest Klein revealed plot details for his upcoming sequel, Ready Player One, uh, which comes out in hardcover, ebook, and on audiobook on November 24th. Uh, Klein, who also produced and co-wrote an, the adapted screenplay for 2018's Ready Player One, based on his first book in the series, sent the details to Will Wheaton, who is moderating the panel for New York Comic Con. Wheaton, who will also be narrating the sequel's audiobook, shared the following from Klein. Days after winning Oasis founder James Halliday's contest, uh, Wade Watts makes a discovery that changes everything. Hidden within uh, Holiday's vaults, waiting for his heir to find, lies a techno- uh, technological advancement that will once again change the world and make the Oasis a thousand times more wondrous and addictive than even Wade dreamed possible. With it comes a new riddle and a new quest, a last Easter egg from Holiday, hinting at a mysterious prize and an unexpected and possibly powerful and dangerous new rival awaits one who'll kill millions to get what he wants. Wade's life and the future of the Oasis are again at stake, but this time the fate of humanity also hangs in the balance. Lovingly nostalgic and wildly original as only Ernest Cline could conceive it, Ready Player Two takes us on another imaginative, fun, action-packed adventure through his beloved virtual universe and jolts us thrillingly into the future once again. Uh, Jake, Paul, um, oh, I don't want to leave you out, Stephanie, if you're a big fan of uh, Ready Player One. I apologize. I don't know. but uh, No, you're fine. Um, what, did, did you guys see this announcement? As, are you excited? Uh, yeah, I'm, um, you know, Ready Player One was one of my favorite books of last decade. Fantastic book. Um, not so big of a fan of the movie, but still love the book. 
Um, but I'm not all that excited for the sequel. I will be there the day it comes out, and I will listen to the Will Wheaton audiobook. Uh, he did the first one as well, and it was really excellent. Um, I will definitely be checking it out because I love the first one so much. But I feel like his second book, Armada, was kind of a big flop. And so for the third book, we're going back to Ready Player One. And I don't think it was ever meant to be a franchise. I think he's kind of riding the coattails of the popularity of the first book and just going back to that world again to make a buck. And it, it definitely feels like hearing these plot details, it's really rehashy. It doesn't seem like it's anything that different than what happened in the first one. I mean, maybe I'll be... Pr- proven wrong and i'll love this thing and they're just not really spoiling any of the uh, big details but it's more riddles probably more classic 80s nostalgia more classic video game nostalgia it doesn't feel like they're reinventing the wheel which is unfortunate because one of the reasons i like the first book so much is even though it uses so many elements from pop culture things we know it just felt wholly like a really cool original story paul yeah, I'm going to echo a lot of what Jake said. I mean, I've already pre-ordered it on Audible, so I'm going to listen to it the day it drops. So they got me hook, line, and sinker either way. Um, I did not hear that whole synopsis. The only thing I read was um, just that there's a new Easter egg that's in his vault and Wade has to find it. But hearing the whole synopsis, I got... I definitely got a little turned off by the whole, like, the fate of millions and, like, mankind hanging the balance. Like, I like – what I like about Ready Player One is it was kind of low stakes with, you know, when it came to people dying and stuff like that. Um, so I don't like the whole – I'm not too keen on, you know, the whole world being at stake. Oh, I love it stuff. when the whole world yeah. gets ready to die. Yeah, did you love it in Suicide Squad? I loved it. I was hoping that in Die Hard, when the Nakatomi Plaza building blew up, that it would kill everyone in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what Die Hard 2 is for. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, but I wanted them to, like, fit that into the first movie. (laughs) I want... (laughs) want, When Alan Rickman fell, I wanted them to implant a bomb into him and him just fucking like nuke everybody in that fucking in LA. That'd have been incredible. No, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I never read the book. I've heard mixed reviews on the book. Um, but I fucking, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit and I think it's because I watched it in IMAX and it was just a blast (laughs) to watch it in IMAX. It was visually spectacular in my opinion. But um, when I read this and I saw this, it made me feel like he was basically wanting to like do another, you know, write another book so that they could get maybe another movie out there, a movie that Spielberg will not direct, I guarantee you. Oh, 100% no. It'll be somebody else. They'll get somebody else to direct this thing. But, you know, I, yeah, it felt like a cash grab when I read this article. Yeah. I, I don't think he ever intended this to be a whole universe and mythology and series of books. And I'm afraid that he may just keep going back to this well anytime. Like, he'll do another book that's a flop after this, and it'll be Ready Player Three. So, yeah, I'm very ho-hum on this. Yeah. Stephanie, I don't, I don't want to leave you out. 
I don't. I've never read the book or seen the film, so you're not leaving me out. I can't contribute. Oh, I'm so glad that I didn't leave you out. <laughs> so glad that you <laughs> that you were a part of this. I was patiently waiting. Patiently for- waiting for your turn, and then you you dazzle us with your. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I- <laughs> you know, I left you out before when we were talking about that one, whatever the fuck, code four hundred four. When we were talking about flex off four fifty four or whatever the fuck, <laughs> isn't that isn't that isn't that, the, isn't that the joint cream that fucking Joe Montana or is it Joe yeah, Namath? I can't remember. Is it Joe Mon- Namath? Was it Namath? Yeah, Joe Namath is flex off four fifty four, and you rub it on your body, and it's supposed to relieve your joint pain. <laughs> I got nothing here. No truck joke. Oh man. Ah, oh, Jake. I'm, I'm waiting for you to bring up later on. Jake is just you're gonna you're gonna fucking finish it off with a monster truck joke, and it's just <laughs> a monster truck joke. A like monster a truck fun, joke. Yeah, like digger. yeah, like how could you how could you how could you make the the truck joke even better? And you're like, ooh, fucking you bigfoot grave digger motherfucker, monster truck. Truckosaurus Rex. <laughs> and that's how that's like a mic drop, and you end your set. You're done. Truckosaurus Rex. <laughs> you, uh. you just walk off the stage, and everybody's like uh, cheering. And then you come back out one more time. You come back out. <laughs> <laughs> Doing like a fist bump with like a hot wheel truck. <laughs> <laughs> Back on stage. Oh, Hell yeah. Man. I'm just thinking like, why did I pay to see Jake do this? This is stupid. This is <laughs> man, you know what's crazy at my job right now? They're playing uh supermarket sweep is coming back next mm-hmm. Sunday. The yeah. Leslie Jones one. Yeah. And they actually play supermarket sweep commercials at my grocery store job right now where I'm working. And it comes in louder than anything else. Like the announcements that you page, the music that we normally play. It's just all of a sudden this giant supermarket sweep ad comes out. And it's hilarious to see the customers react to it. Like it's a giant <laughs> unified what the fuck is going on. And the, the music in the background is salt and peppers push it for this commercial. What? So it's, that's hilarious too, because normally we're playing like some fucking James Taylor elevator music bullshit. And then all of a sudden it's like, supermarket sweet. I like how this ties in, how this tied into your truck joke. For some reason. <laughs> I, just, I didn't know when to bring this, this up, but I, I, I had to, it's so ridiculous. It's been the last two days. I've worked and I assume it's going to happen until the 18th. Oh man. It's just bizarro town every time it happens. I kind of want to just like take a fucking like folding chair and camp out at your work and wait for it <laughs> to play. Oh man. The commercial actually says, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. I thought it was going to be on like Netflix, but I think it's like on an ABC. Yeah, it's on yeah. a major network. I, yeah, I can guarantee it's on ABC. I hear so, about it every hour. Yeah, it'll be on Hulu, though. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. Oh, oh I'll be watching. <laughs> I will be watching yeah. as well. You bet your fucking ass I'm going to be watching it. <laughs> They've got, like, I think they got, like, new, like all new fucking, like, um, like uh, rules and stuff like that. And, like, certain, like, aisles will be restricted. You can't go down this aisle and shit. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. 
Uh, what the fuck? Comicbook.com had an article. Amazon may be adding some ex- unexpected nudity to Middle Earth in its upcoming Lord of the Rings television series. Did you guys see this oh, shit? Man, what <laughs> no. a Game of Thrones fight. <laughs> Stay away from that Lord of the Rings show. The massive project resumed filming in New Zealand in September after a pandemic-induced halt. Now a casting call has gone out for various actors, including those, quote, comfortable with nudity. The casting call from the BGT uh, talent agency caught the eye of, I know Jake right now is like thinking like, how can I turn BGT into something that talks about penises? <laughs> Big goddamn, I can't, what's, what's, a, what's a dick word for T? Testies. Big goddamn testies talent, talent agency. You did it, Jake. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were going to say big goddamn truck, but anyway. Um, <laughs> I almost did. I'm not lie. BGT talent agency caught the eye of the Lord of the Rings fan site, theonering.net. It reads comfortable with nudity up to five hundred dollars per day. Use reference nude. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> One cock ring to rule them all. <laughs> we need nude people based in Auckland, age 18 plus, all shapes and sizes. Intimacy guidelines will always be followed on set. The production also has an intimacy coordinator on its team, suggesting the series could include sex scenes. This listing has some fans worrying that the Amazon show may be taking inspiration from HBO's hit fantasy series Game of Thrones, which never shied away from sexual content. That fit in with George R.R. R. Martin's lurid, dark, low fantasy world. It'd be less at home in the high fantasy of J.R.R. Tolkien's Middle Earth. Fans likely won't know for sure until the series finally debuts. So yeah, we get, boom, Hobbit's fucking. Hobbit's fucking. I dude, I want to see Tom Bombadil's Bomba Dick, you know what I mean? Bob and Dick. Yeah. Bilbo Bangins. Oh man, this is going to enrage so many fucking people. Um I'm kind of I'm kind of for it now. I'm really was never all that excited for the Lord of the Rings show, but now that I know it's gonna flame Lord of the Rings fans Dude, with all this fucking torrid sex shit, damn, I, bring it on! I feel like once his son Christopher Tolkien died, like <laughs> people at Amazon were texting each other like nudity, nudity, yes, nudity, nudity. <laughs> I love all shapes and all sizes, man. We need hobbits. We need elves. We need giants. Oh God, giant dicks, giant penises. <laughs> yeah, let's let's finally see how the urukai get made, y'all. It's lots of fucking. Uh, yeah, the white hand of Sauron is fucking cum on their faces. <laughs> How do you think he became Gandalf the White, Brian? All that <laughs> So much, so much semen, dude. <laughs> Man, when Balrogs come, dude, it fucking you never get that out of your robes. Uh, bringing the ball back in Balrog, am I right? <laughs> Damn, I'm all in on the Lord of the Rings show now, dude. Oh man, I am so there. I cannot wait. I can't wait. I just Fuck, went- I mean they totally lost my attention with those three Hobbit movies, so honestly this is the direction to go. Fucking bite that Game of Thrones hand. I wanna see I wanna see Gollum fucking beating his dick like he did that fish in that movie. <laughs> No, I mustn't. 
Uh, it. <laughs> looks like somebody found a new precious. Uh, anyway, oh, <laughs> yeah, I went too. I went too far on that one. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! News from Dark Horizons. This I fucking love. This news. Sylvester Stallone will reprise his iconic role of John Rambo, albeit in voice form only, for an upgraded Ultimate Edition version of the video game Mortal Kombat 11 arriving in stores next month. Rambo yeah, it looks is, cool. Have you seen the graphics of it already? I have not seen. So you've seen the play? Like I, I haven't seen the play, but I saw the character. I saw the character. I saw the character, but I haven't. I haven't seen the gameplay. Rambo is one of three characters being added to the lineup, along with Molina and Rain. And character artists have aimed to capture Vietnam vet Rambo's look from the original First Blood, along with working hard to make sure that every line of dialogue was true to the Rambo that fans know and love. The three new characters are part of Combat Pack 2, which is included with the Ultimate Edition alongside the Aftermath DLC and the earlier Combat Pack with characters like Robocop, T-800, Joker, and Spawn joining the various Mortal Kombat characters on the roster. Fucking, oh, oh my, fuck, John fucking Rambo in Mortal Kombat? Are you, with the knife? Are you yeah, kidding I can't wait me? To see his fatalities. Um, they always have alternate costumes too, so it'd be cool if they kind of. I know what they've shown us is the first Blood Rambo, but I think it'd be cool to have Farmer Rambo too. Just throw those in as like the variant costumes. Dude, the fucking one of the fatalities better be him pulling out that bow and then fucking blowing somebody up like he did in fucking Rambo too. Oh yeah, with the fucking scream. Oh my god, Paul Ram, yeah. dude, Rambo in a fucking Mortal Kombat game. Dude, it's fucking, it's fucking awesome. You can have Rambo versus fucking Terminator now. Oh my god, uh, Rambo versus RoboCop. Fuck yeah, man. I'm pit like I was talking to Rory. I'm, I'm got really bummed out when I found out RoboCop's fatality isn't a fucking gun blast to the dick. Oh, that's bullshit, dude. Right? They fucking had it. That shit wrote itself. But uh, no, I'm so excited. I'm a little more confused that Melina and Rain. Are fucking DLC right now. I'm surprised they weren't included in the main roster. They're like almost yeah. OG characters. They are. Yeah. I don't think they've really used Melina since three. I think she kind of bit the dust. Oh, like, I'm okay. not gonna. I'm not gonna lecture you on Mortal Kombat lore and canon, but <laughs> I think she's been, <laughs> mis- been missing for like seven, eight games. Yeah, oh, okay, well that makes. I'm yeah. not going to, but I just did. But I just did. But I just did. The wise and the huzzahs, you know. Get oh, into God. my Mortal Kombat truck. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm Hop going. Hop on in. We're going to take a ride. <laughs> Let's walk you through Mortal Kombat 3 to 11. Uh, fucking Jake ahead, just delivered Paul a fatality, if you know what I mean. He did. He did with Melina knowledge, dude. Okay. Stephanie, yeah. is this something else you don't give a fuck about? <laughs> no. I was waiting to chime in. No, this looks... This looks cool. I saw the graphic. I think it was yesterday, or I can't remember it recently. That's right, Stephanie. I, you fucking love Mortal Kombat. I love it. Yeah. 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 So I'm really excited. This is gonna be. This is gonna be badass. I think it's gonna be great. How fucking dope is this shit? Fucking Rambo in a Mortal Kombat game. That's fucking awesome. I agree. Oh my god! Remember how popular the Mortal Kombat movie song was when we were teenagers? Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I do listen to this shit. I'm not even fucking lying. I bought the soundtrack. 
Hell was, yeah, you did. I don't, yeah. it's not even cheesy. And I fucking, it, it was a, I had the CD and I would fucking just crank that shit in my fucking car. I had a fucking, <laughs> I had a fucking piece of shit 1985 Dodge Omni hatchback, but I had infinity speakers in it <laughs> and I would fucking rock out to Mortal Kombat in that piece of shit car. <laughs> yeah. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> The other oh. songs were good on it too. Oh yeah. yeah, it was a pretty, it was a good soundtrack. It was a fucking great yeah. soundtrack. Oh my god, it was a good movie. Oh, <laughs> it was a great movie. I don't care. I, I think it's for for the time. For the time, it was a great fucking movie. You watch it now. I'm basing it all on nostalgia, but I fucking loved that movie because it it it, it paid homage to like the fucking classic um martial arts films and the way that they yeah. would fight and stuff like that and like it brought in the mortal combat lore and like i i the, the tournament was definitely the biggest part of the movie like you compare mortal combat to the um raw julia jean-claude van damme street fighter there's there's no comparison there's no comparison as to what movie was more entertaining I yeah, saw yeah, once I, Hubie Halloween and once Empire Strikes Back. Oh fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> Hubie, Hubie, Hubie Halloween, Pubie Halloween. I loved how they call him Pubie too. Pubie, um, <laughs> I fuck it. Oh my god, it's a it's a beautiful movie. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. I remember really liking it when I was when I was young too. I, I have not watched it probably in the last decade. Oh man, I watched. Watched it on Netflix probably within the last year or so, and I fucking I reviewed it on Scenic Cast one time, and I love that movie. I think it's so I I love it so much. I would love to see more live action Royal Combat. What's her name? Bridget Wilson, married to Pete Sampras, tennis player. Yeah. Yeah. He's also in Billy Madison. Dude, what's fucked up is when he's fucking when he's having sex with her and she's fucking like making noises. She sounds like a tennis match. Oh, yeah. Pete Sampras is just like, I feel like I'm on the tennis court right now. Watching those fucking Serena, those fucking the Venus and the uh, Serena fucking play each other. But, th- but, but this time they're playing each other in a different way. In a sexual way. <laughs> I just had to clarify that. Yeah. With Nintendo Switches? Oh, yeah. Oh, Jake, you're just, you're just raining everything back into this one. How about there, how about with Nintendo Switches in the back of a truck? How about that, Jake? Uh, I'll just one up you. I'll just one up you. I mean, that's not safe. Huh? That's not safe. <laughs> Come on. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Listeners. Okay, yeah. Excuse me, guys. Yeah. Come on, guys. Let's not get carried away here. Come on. All right. If you're going to do it, wear a mask. All right? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel news. Marvel news. I'm, am I going to play the bumper? I'll play the fucking bumper. Here we go. <laughs> News. Did you guys see that uh, Disney Plus now has all the MCU films 
up. They're both in theatrical release order, but now they've added chronological order. Oh, so you can you can watch them in chronological order. So now instead of watching like Iron Man number one in theatrical release order, you can watch it in chronological order, and it starts off with Captain America: The First Avenger, then it jumps into Captain Marvel, which takes place in the nineties. And then it goes into um, Iron Man. And what's even odder is that instead of, um, I think, what is it? I think Thor. I'm looking at it right now. Thor the Dark World comes out out of order. So I, I, I guess they're saying Thor the Dark. Is it Thor the Dark World and Iron Man 3? Yeah, it goes first Avenger, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, Avengers movie, Thor the Dark World, and then Iron Man 3. Because so it was get flip-flopped. But the release date was actually Iron Man 3 and then Thor the Dark World in November of that year. Yeah, oh, correct. But So I guess in chronological order, Thor the Dark World happens before Iron Man 3. Yeah, so you can watch them in, in chronological order now on uh, on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's really neat. You get both Guardians movies back to back when you watch them that way. Yeah, yeah, because that, that's how it happened in the movies. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Uh, uh, do you guys plan on doing? I actually am planning on doing uh, an MCU rewatch here within the next month or two, and I think that I think that this might be how I want to watch it now. Now that they've presented it this way, I think I'm going to stick to release date. I, I'm a stickler for that. I. It, brings back more memories that way um I, nothing against this way and i'll be interested to see if you notice anything like canon wise because of watching it this way look at mr missionary position over here <laughs> come on jake mix it up man mix it up a little bit man slap that ass with a nintendo switch come on man i don't know i, I, I just don't like it it <laughs> Makes me feel weird. Oh my god, you're so guarded and protective when it comes to your fucking MCU viewing. Being, dude, you need to be, you need to be a fucking wild stallion. Stephanie knows all about that. You need to be a, uninhibited when it comes to your MCU film watching, Jake. Alright, you need to get, get a little crazy with it. You know what I mean, buddy? It's like it's one of those Star Wars things. Like, yes, Captain Marvel took place before Iron Man One, and then Rogue One, Rogue One, right? Yeah, yeah, but could, I don't know. It just feels like those movies aren't as impactful without already knowing what happened after. Them. But we already know. We already know. So I think like watching it this way could be a different experience. I think it could be a different experience to watch it this way, knowing that like watching Captain America, the first Avenger, which takes place in the forties and then going into like the nineties and like knowing that this happens in this time and this is the actual MCU timeline. I'm watching it in the MCU timeline and knowing like this is actually what's happening. And then, then jumping into Iron Man, knowing that we already have seen Kind of like what happened in the nineties with Nick Fury and Nick Fury shows up at the end of that movie. I think it's a completely different way to watch it. And it might, I'm not saying, cause I haven't watched it that way. I'm, I'm saying it just might bring a different appreciation and a different level to watching those movies. Expe- you know what I mean? Like with Nick Fury showing oh, up I at do. the end of Iron Man, but you've already seen an entire movie now with Nick Fury in the time, watching it in this MCU timeline version on Disney plus. You're not like, who is this guy? 
it is kind of weird to have Captain America first. Um, I get it that it takes place the furthest back, but by the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, that's just the end of the movie. That's just the end of the movie. You know, that's just not post credits though. Like even that movie itself kind of proves like, I don't know. But it's called Captain America, the first Avenger. So it's kind of like, it feels like an origin starting point. Well, I kind of see what Jake's saying because at the end of Captain America. Oh, yeah. It goes to present day. Yeah. Okay. It goes to present day, but I still think, I feel like in the timeline, like even at the end of Captain Marvel, they catch you up with what, like what the fuck Nick Fury is doing, correct? Or no, that's in another post credit scene. For another yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm wrong. You kind of can't count the post-credits because they really bounce all over the place. They do. Order. Mm-hmm. I knew a lot of people who had never seen any Marvel movies who watched them in chronological, chronological order before Endgame came out because they wanted to be they wanted to be in the know before they saw Endgame. I've never watched them that way, but I've been wanting to because I'm hoping it'll give me more of an appreciation for the Marvel movies that I don't like. And there's, there's a few that I'm not a big fan of. And so I'm wondering if watching them this way will give me a better appreciation for some of the ones that are at the bottom of my list. So I want to watch them. I think it, try. yeah, I think it's just going to be like a new experience, a new way to kind of like watch these movies. Maybe it'll, I don't know, maybe like your viewing of it will be different. Like I just, I don't know. I remember watching, like, I, I don't know how to even like, it's, I guess it's not even comparable. Have, have you guys watched the rogue cut of, X-Men Days of Future Past. I have. Yes. Yeah, it's just a different way to kind of like appreciate that movie. I love that movie, the theatrical version, but I love the road cut as well. It's just yeah, they're a, both good. Yeah. And I mean, this is a collective and you're just watching it in chronological timeline order, but I think it might be a different way to and it may not work, Jake. I might get like 3 films in and be like, "No. Uh-uh, this ain't working." I need to go back yep. to the. I need to go back to the original theatrical release order. <laughs> Hold me, Iron Man one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, another asterisk to this is you'll have to do a little bit of googling to insert the two Spider-Man movies yourself. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you're absolutely right because Sony, Sony owns those movies. They're not part of Disney Plus. I think those movies are available to watch probably on Netflix. I would imagine they have a deal with the Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, it, it's not that they're not accessible, but it's figuring out where you put them because mm-hmm. they're definitely part of the key Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. Yeah. News from Dark Horizons. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch will reprise his Marvel magical hero role of Doctor Strange for the upcoming third Spider-Man film starring Tom Holland and being produced by Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures. Cumberbatch will effectively take on take over the mentor role that was previously occupied by Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark and Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury in the two previous films. How this will work isn't clear. Spider-Man 3 is due to begin shooting in Atlanta in the next week or so, while Cumberbatch is about to begin shooting the Doctor Strange sequel, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in London. I'm hearing, I'm going to get back to this article, but I'm hearing that he's going to film... This before um, Doctor anything on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because I read the same yeah um, but Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes out before Spider Man Three correct Jake yes yeah so yeah 
I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't age, so that's not going to be an issue. You're not no, gonna that, be like, what the fuck? I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. It's 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 it's, odd, it's basically the same. Well, it's the same. Well, it's the same as when Brie Larson filmed all of her Endgame stuff before she even filmed Captain Marvel the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this probably won't be as jarring though, because Benedict has really found that character where you kind of could feel how in Endgame it was the first time she was portraying it, just in the way she did. Right? You guys kind of dig with me there, right? Yeah. It's oh, like she wasn't yeah. fully formed now as that, Captain Marvel yet, and you could you could feel that a bit. Yeah. Now that now that uh, well, once I knew that information, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Once yeah. you know, it's not jarring if you don't know that, but if you know, you can definitely see it. And I think that'll be completely avoidable here, at least. No, 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 no. Yeah, because he's completely comfortable with, with being the character. And they already have chemistry on screen with that whole scene of like, he says that he's, you know, Doctor Strange and he's like, and Spider-Man's like, oh, we're using our, you know, superhero names. Oh, I'm Spider-Man, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Yep. So they've already got a little bit of chemistry on screen. Um, due to the, due to the restrictions on travel and such at present, it's unclear when and where the UK based Cumberbatch will shoot scenes for the Spider-Man sequel. He joins also the also cast Jamie Foxx returning to a variation on the role of Electro. He played in 2014's The Amazing Spider-Man 2, along with current film returnees Zendaya, Marissa Tomei, Tony Revolori, and Jacob Batalon. Did you see the pictures of weight loss from Jacob Batalon? I doubt I did not see. I posted it on Facebook today. It's from Jacob Batalon's Instagram. He has lost so much weight, and um, I want to commend him on that. I think he's done it. I, I he hasn't come out and said it, but I think it was like I th- maybe he did. Like I think it was just like his own healthy personal journey, which I think is awesome. So good for him. Good for him. But John Watts is helming uh, the new film, which Sony has dated for December seventeenth, twenty twenty one. So we've got Benedict Cumberbatch coming into the. Spider-Man 3 movie, and this raises a bunch of questions. Number one, I'm going to say, before I get to the questions, that this was actually rumored that Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be the mentor for Spider-Man Far From Home before we got confirmation that Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury was going to be the mentor in that film. It was originally rumored that Doctor Strange was going to be in Spider-Man 2 Far From Home. Um, that is now happening here uh, with this movie following in the multiverse of madness. It leads us to believe that something is a, the multiverse is still a thing and it's going to affect the the Spider-Man universe as well. I mean, especially with the picture that Jamie Foxx posted that was instantly deleted off of Instagram he posted a picture of um, the three different Spider-Men, and in the background you could see like his Electro, his eyes as Electro. But it made us believe, like, you know, could we be getting? Could could they have multiple Spider-Men in this movie? Like, I'm not saying the entire movie. I'm not even saying Jamie Foxx's Electro is going to be in the entire movie. This could be like at the end of the movie thing where like Doctor Strange shows up and says, hey, look, everything's fucked up. Look at all these Spider-Men. Look at all, look at all these Spider-Men. And then it's just Spider-Men running rampant throughout New York City. 
but I, I don't, I don't know what's going to fucking happen here. Like, and, and, and what's weird is that Jamie Foxx said, like, I'm coming back. I'm going to be playing Electro. I'm paraphrasing, but I'm not, I'm not going to be blue in this one. So it's like, is he playing the same Electro? We had this conversation last week. And I, I mean, we just don't know until we get like more information about this. But I, I do firmly believe now with Doctor Strange being included in this cast that the multiverse is definitely affecting Spider-Man. I do think that there is a big chance that we could see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield return to those respective roles. Mm-hmm. That we could see the multiverse. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Would you want to see them return? I I'm not against it at all. I think it could, I think it could, honestly, I think like, I think like it could, um, it could make watching those movies even better if they do this right. Yeah, I think it could work. Spider-Man has a long story history, even in the comic books with Doctor Strange. He's one character that's also very familiar with multiple dimensions and alternate realities. I mean, we just saw this in the animated Spider-Verse movie. Yes. And, you know, People seem to take to that very well. I think maybe Marvel kind of saw what DC was doing with the Flash and all the Batman stuff, too, and said, you know, fuck, we can do that kind of thing. We've already got, you know, now we can take advantage of putting Spider-Man movies out every four years. I think, you know, I don't think, I don't even think that it was a part of like what they saw that they were doing. Feige has this shit planned out for years, Jake. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still not so convinced that the, in the multiverse of, in the Spider-Man. in the multiverse of madness had been planned for fucking who knows how long like that. That's a, probably a title that he's had for you know a few years now. And Kevin Feige was the one who fucking took notes to Amy Pascal about Amazing Spider-Man two and said this is what I would. I think like he's always had his fucking finger on the pulse of like what's going on in Spider-Man, whether he was involved or not. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, it, it, I just kind of want to see what happens here. This could also be a way for them to connect their own Spider-Man character more closely with their dynamics, with their Sony universe at the end of the day. I mean, maybe that's the trick that's going on here as well, like to line up Tom Holland Spider-Man with Tom Hardy Venom and Jared Leto Morbius and those characters. Oh, that's definitely happening. That's definitely happening. But like... Could they, I don't know, like, are they going to keep Miles Morales completely separate to the animated universe, or are they going to bring Miles Morales into live action now, too? I would love that. that. Uh, I think they kind of have to at that point. I think it's kind of a look bad if they don't. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know, I'm interested in the Electro thing, like, it's all these different alternate realities, so it's everyone knows everyone disliked the blue shit. So it's easy to just grab a Jamie Foxx electro from another reality. And I'm pretty sure that's what will happen there too. And it would make Jamie Foxx maybe hopefully gets like some redemption from like that shit character that he played. Yeah, exactly. It's an easy way to say, well, that was the shitty version from this dimension. And this is the much cooler, more dominating version. Well, I mean, in the MCU, Kevin Feige has done that for certain actors. Like, look what happened with Michael B. Jordan. You know, like, I think he gave it as all as fucking, you know, Johnny Storm in that Josh Trank fucking dumpster fire of a fantastic oh yeah he he was not the problem there no 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 he wasn't the problem but like i fucking love him as killmonger 
I love him as Killmonger. He's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, so good. I just don't – the only thing that makes me feel weird about it is I don't think his end goal would be to help them connect this to Sony. And I feel like that's one of the bigger jobs that's going to happen here. So I think if it was 100% up to Feige, what was going to happen with Spider-Man, he would be disconnecting it from Sony characters at the end of the day and not helping them bridge that gap. He was trying to he was I disagree. He was trying to help Sony before Tom Holland and all this shit even happened. He had a did a lunch date with Amy Pascal and gave her notes about what he thought they could have done differently with Spider-Man in those amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield. He did that. He did that because his love for the character. But shit got weird. And we know shit got weird. Like there was a point where we thought Tom Holland, Spider-Man wasn't even going to be part of the. Yeah. I think that I I think that that all would have got worked out anyway. I really think that all would have got worked out anyway. That's just my personal opinion. I I really altered plot plans honestly because i really do i think Feige, they met together feige fucking said like oh i you know like i think we've told our story and then all of us we've told our story i told the story that i wanted to tell and then the next thing you know they signed on for two more movies well if you if you told the fucking story that you already wanted to tell why are you doing two more fucking films because it's bullshit it all came down to fucking posturing and fucking sony wanting more out of the deal not being able to get more out of the deal and then just fucking like caving in or whatever the fuck it happened so no, i don't i don't disagree with that yeah i i do think that plot may have altered at that point it's hard saying it is hard saying it is hard because they're never going to tell you that it didn't they're always going to tell you that this is always what was intended yeah and no matter whether it was or wasn't and i don't know who like the disagreement is with now at sony because it's not amy pascal because she's not in that position anymore i don't know if it's i don't know if it's avi arad or whoever the fuck is in charge over there at sony with all this shit so yeah, it's unfortunate that Sam Raimi didn't get to be a part of this. If that's what's happening, I would love um, Raimi to get to be the one to have Tobey Maguire come back. Well, maybe Raimi will have input on this because Doctor Strange is in the movie. Yeah, correct. I, or maybe we'll see that in a Doctor Strange post credit. Oh God, I feel like I, I feel like it's just been Jake and and myself just going back and forth here. Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie, and Paul, I want to know your thoughts on. On all this, have we have have did you have like concrete thoughts on this? And then all of a sudden, me and Jake started talking, and now you're just like, yeah. we're, we're, you're in the weeds right now, and you don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah, can we talk yeah. DC news now? I, <laughs> I had I had a question, a clarifying question. If I remember when all the stuff went down with um with Tom Holland, and I can't remember time doesn't mean anything anymore. But back whenever that was, um, and then. It was back as part of whatever, like the the Spider Man, the new Spider Man film would be back to be part of like this extended like bridge from to the MCU. So my question is, with Doctor Strange being part of the new Spider Man film, is is he going to be the only? If there's only two films, two more films agreed upon that Spider Man is going to be a part of in terms of the this MCU crossover thing, with Doctor Strange being his new mentor, is that going to be the extent to which the MCU will? characters will be kind of intermingled with this these sony spider-man films for now for now but like if if spider-man 3 makes another billion dollars i i I surely think that sony will want to keep tom holland a part of 
the MC, I think money talks. And I, I said this last week. I think money talks at the end of the day. I think it all comes down to money. I, I think that they want to have their character involved in like these big fucking movies. And that's what brings people back to like the solo movies. And like if Tom Holland does get to be a part of like Morbius and Craven and, and the Venom films, you can keep that separate. You don't have to make that part of the overall Avengers overarching story. You know, you've got in the comic books, Spider-Man joins up with the Avengers. He's been an Avenger. But then on the flip side, it's not like the Avengers join him on like some of like his, you know, solo comic book outings, you know, when he's battling, you know, you know, Spider-Man rogues. You can keep all that kind of stuff separate, but still have it all kind of like adjacent. Right. Am I answering your question or am I still just fucking confusing things more? No, no, no. You answered it. Thank you. (laughs) And I don't know if Jake agrees with me on this one. No, I agree with you on that. You can keep them separate, but like we'll see. We'll no, see. I, I, I do agree. I, as long as you like, it's it's a delicate balance, right? You can't have these like world-altering events happening in the Spider-Man Venom crossover. Well, it's the same no thing as it, it's, it's the same thing as watching like a Thor solo movie. Like in the Dark World, like did you know who the fuck showed up in the Dark World that was an Avenger? Oh yeah, exactly. But the advantage there is you're like galaxies away from earth so like you know what i'm saying like as long as they're careful and they don't do stupid shit that like you're just like well why don't the avengers just show up and fucking stop this threat you know yeah i mean here's the thing i you know we watch we watch like you know we've all seen the morbius trailer and they revealed at the end of that trailer that um you know michael keaton's vulture shows up at one point in that movie I mean, that's still Sony. That's all Sony. I don't think that we're going to see Doctor Strange or, you know, any members of the Guardians of the Galaxy show up in a, in a Venom movie just yet. That's, that's not on the table yet. Could that change? I don't think it's that far off though. I I feel like the next wave of these Sony movies is going to be that kind of shit. It could happen. Like, well, Venom in the comic books has been a member of the, of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, I mean, that's happened. Oh, for sure. We'll see, man. It's fucking, it's, it's confusing, man. I mean, and we're talking about two different studios and it's a delicate balance. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I think, I think at the end of the day, though, I'm just saying money talks. If these money, if these movies continue to make money, Sony's going to be happy that they're making profit and Marvel's going to be happy to have Spider-Man part of the universe. And Kevin Feige loves playing with all these toys. He loves playing with all these toys. He likes having all the toys in the stable. Now he's got all the Fox characters back in the stable that they can do something with in Phase 5. We'll see. I don't Sorry, know. I was shutting up because I thought maybe Paul would say something. No. Well, <laughs> everything you guys, No, everything you guys have said is, yeah, it's how I feel. I do think... I do think the multiverse is going to play a lot bigger deal in this. Are we in phase four right now? We yeah, we're, four we're now, going right? well. As soon as Black Widow starts, we've started phase four. So, yeah. soon as, well, I mean, can we officially? Are we in? Are we in phase three point five with WandaVision, Jake? <laughs> yeah, it's hard saying. I feel like all the TV stuff is part of phase four. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah, I think 
I think the multiverse is going to play a huger part of um, Phase 4 throughout a lot of the Marvel movies coming out. And, I mean, I would like to see Tom Holland kind of go at it alone now, you know, without a mentor. But I get that you kind of want to have a Marvel character in the movie with him. So I love their chemistry on Infinity War. So, yeah, it fucking makes sense. We don't know how big of a role that, you know, Cumberbatch is going to play either. I I, I don't know how big it's going to be. How many days of shooting is he going to have? You know, we we just don't know. Yeah. yeah. Doctor Strange is part of some really iconic moments in the comic book's history involving Spider-Man. I mean, he's the guy that when Spider-Man got unmasked yeah. in the Civil War, yep. made it so the entire world forgot who Peter Parker was and all kinds of stuff. Him and Iron Man were also heavily involved in the uh, – Storyline involving Mephisto and Mary Jane. Mephisto, Mary Jane, and then like with with when he got unmasked, wasn't there a deal that he worked out with Madame Web as well? Yeah, Madame Web. I think that ended up like. Long story short, I think she was kind of a patsy, and that the final reveal was that it was Doctor Strange and like Iron Man pulling the strings. I, I guess I didn't read that fucking far. I thought it was always Madame Web. You're pro- you're probably you're right. You're definitely you're probably right. So. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's really, it's a really cool character, and in many ways more fitting in the Spider-Man universe than Iron Man. Not that not that Iron Man didn't work within the context of the way the uh, Tony Stark Peter Parker relationship was in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved that relationship. Oh, for sure. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> DC just on paper before it happened. Like I didn't yeah. see the final result being as good as what it ended up being. Right in conception. No, I get it. Um. DC News, I'll play the fucking bumper I never do. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. I almost want to jump to Star Wars News and just say that from the time of this recording, we are 20 days away from the Mandalorian Season 2 premiere. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, super exciting. Oh. I can't fucking wait. I hope they do the same thing that they did last year where we kind of get two episodes the first week because, man, yeah. I really want it. Oh. Uh. Stephanie, did you watch The Mandalorian? No. What the fuck are you doing with yourself? Watch, fucking, you got time. I have to finish Star Wars. <laughs> you don't have to finish Star Wars. My sister, my sister. I don't think my sister's ever watched a Star Wars movie, but my sister loves The Mandalorian. It's crazy. I, I don't think my sister's. I don't think my sister's ever watched a Star Wars movie. <laughs> I don't think she's ever, but yeah. she loves it. Just, she loves The Mandalorian. It's a completely different. There's kind a of lot thing. of people like that. Yeah. Well, if I don't have to watch the Star Wars movies because I haven't finished them yet, then I'll watch The Mandalorian without it if I can because these movies are hard to get through. I'm giving you – I am giving you permission. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I am giving you The Mandalorian the stamp of approval to watch now. You cannot miss – Yeah, this is the way. Just watch Mandalorian. You got to watch The Mandalorian. It's the best thing out right now. Um, but HBO Max, DC News, HBO Max has officially ordered the Green Lantern to, uh, Green Lantern to series. Um, this news comes from uh, Dark Horizons. HBO Max has officially handed out a 10-episode series order for Greg Berlanti's new DC series Green Lantern to be written by Seth Graham Smith. Um, he wrote the Lego Batman movie. And uh, Arrow cre- oh, co- co-creator Mark Guggenheim. Seth Graham Smith has also made a bunch of other shit that I fucking hate. Um, <laughs> I I'm, believe it. Oh, God. Uh, he's made a bunch of... St- 
bunch of stuff I fucking despise. Uh, the series will take place across a span of several decades and depict the adventures of multiple lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Boz, and the first Green Lantern himself, Alan Scott, who, true to the comics, is gay. I want to point this out, that, that he was not gay until back in two... And I have this issue. It's Earth 2, issue number 2, I believe. And... It's an Earth 2 comic, so it's a completely different Earth, and it was um, Alan Scott, and they brought him in as gay, and that that issue was fucking terrible. Fucking terrible. Like, when you compare how Marvel handled, you know, the relationship, the wedding between North Star and Kyle, compared to the DC issue of... Earth 2, where they introduce Alan Scott as gay. They were, I honestly firmly believe that DC just fucking did this to make headlines, to sell issues. Because it was just so overt in that issue that it's like they, they instantly are just like, yeah, Alan Scott's gay. He's like, like there was no, no subtlety to it. They were just basically like throwing it in your face that he's gay. And I have nothing against characters being gay. Like when Marvel introduced Iceman is gay, I'm, yes. I'm fine with all this. I'm fine with all this. I'm fine with all of this. It's just the way that they handled it was not, it was basically just to sell issues in my opinion. Um, I hope oh, 100%. that 100%. I hope that that's not how this goes down. I hope that this is handled a little bit more tactfully and um you know, they're a little bit more sensitive this time around when they, you know, have um Alan Scott in this in this series. And Simon Baz, um isn't he um uh, isn't he wasn't he the first wasn't he the first DC Muslim superhero? I'm pretty sure Simon Boz was not confirm that. I'm pretty sure that Simon Boz was the first um Muslim lantern slash superhero in the DC universe. But anyway, the series will also include fan favorites uh as Sinestro, Kilowog, and it's gonna join all those other shows that they have planned on HBO Max now with uh you know Doom Patrol Titans. Um and uh Harley Quinn and the Batman Matt Reeves uh Gotham PD series and all that shit. So it's a, it's going to join those shows. I I I don't know. I'm excited to see a Green Lantern series, but I'm my biggest hesitation here is Seth Graham Smith involved in this. Yeah, I was looking at his credits when you said there was things that you didn't like, and he's the one behind all the dumb zombie movies like um, Abraham Lincoln Zombie Hunter. And oh, no, that Abra- Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Oh, there you go. There you go. I was thinking of his other dumb shit, which was the Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice, zombies. yeah. Yep. So, yeah, he's, his credits aren't really the greatest. Seems like a very odd choice for Green Lantern, which is going to be something that's Wasn't be Seth very, Graham very, Smith going to direct the Flash movie at one time? I who wasn't. Yeah, I think everybody was. So yeah, shit. But yeah, it's oof, Green Lantern's already like something that people like are gonna be really judgmental about just based on how the last movie was perceived, something that's still made fun of to this day in like current Deadpool movies. <laughs> so I, I, this show has a lot to prove, so I think they really have to come out, you know, 
all pistons firing for this to be a big hit. At least it's not like a CW show where we're going to get 23 episodes. We're going to get, it's a yeah. 10 episode series order. Yeah, that's smart. Keep it condensed. Keep it cool. So that's the way to do it. Oh Is it going to be a limited series or they're going to be multiple seasons? Uh, right now they have not. It's only been ordered. The first season's been ordered. I would happen to imagine that they have plans to keep this going. Okay. but And it's going to be live action? Live action, yes. Yeah, live action. <laughs> Sorry. That's all, that's all I needed to know. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. So it looks like, it, I don't know. It looks like we're going to get like a multiple lanterns here. Um, they're not introducing Hal Jordan. They're not interested in introducing John Stewart. I happen to believe that they're still holding out for those to be cinematic characters. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I co-signed that as well. hundred percent. They're like, these are the ones you can't use. <laughs> I'm, Here's the thing. I'm 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 just I'm kind of I'll be honest with you. I'm out on this because of Seth Graham Smith. I'm out. I'm out on it. Like I'll watch it. I will watch it. But like, like my initial thought on this is like, and this is not going to be. This is going to. I'll watch a few episodes. This is going to be like, I don't know. This is going to be like watching Gotham or fucking. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for me, which I know a lot of people stuck on those and fucking loved them, but I'm I don't know. I just don't yeah, think Yeah, that- it's hard to be super excited for this. It's already a character that's never been a fan favorite of mine. Um, the guy's never been seen as a showrunner, so he has a lot to prove there, and the movies that he's made aren't really fan favorites either so uh they like the the people that love dude i know that there are people that love that abraham lincoln vampire hunter movie like like but it's not for everybody and i don't know if i want this guy in charge of a green lantern series i don't know i yeah i do i don't i i'll tell i don't want this guy in front in charge of a green lantern series yeah i think it's just i don't have much history with the character of Green Lantern so I don't, it's nothing I was really asking for but I think I might watch a few episodes but I just kind of really don't I guess I'm not too invested in it being great or being terrible, I just really kind of don't care that they're making one just because I don't know much about the character (laughs) He wrote the screenplay for Tim Burton's Dark Shadows Oh no (laughs) Yeah, 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 (laughs) yep Yep, Yikes. that sounds that sounds right. I remember that. Mm. He's he's producing the rebooted Gremlins movie as well. Oh, that's the animated one coming to HBO Max. It just sounds like yeah. HBO Max is in bed with fucking Seth Graham Smith for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why. It's, it's wild. God, yeah. I don't know why fucking shitty people just keep getting jobs. <laughs> 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 Speaking of which, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, <laughs> that is all I have. That is all I have. You know what? You know who? You know who I want to thank this episode, Jake. Tell me. I want to thank Paul and Stephanie. I'm not going to be silly. I want to thank them. You guys did a fantastic job. I love having you guys on. You're two of my favorite fucking people. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was. It's always fun. Um, I usually hardly ever ask if there's anyone else going to be on, so it's always a nice surprise. And seeing Stephanie's name on the Skype call, I got pretty excited. So because we had a lot of fun last time. I know, isn't she great? Yeah. Stephanie's fantastic. Yeah, Stephanie. Yeah, man. Even though she wasn't like really into the episode when we first started. <gasps> Like there was a lack of kind of, you know what I mean? There was, like, there was. She's this, not really into it now that we're ending either, to be honest. No, I think that she's actually really into the fact that this episode's over <laughs> because she doesn't have to be a part of it anymore. Like now, it's easy to be like, "Oh yeah, I had a great time," you know what I mean? Because like now, it's over. Oh, I had, I had, so, I had so much fun. It's like, yeah, well, it's over now. You know what I mean? I the biggest sigh of relief is coming. Yeah, it's like going to the doctor's office and they fucking, you know, at the end of the, you know, or like the dentist and at the end they fucking give you like your toy. You get to fucking leave. <laughs> lollipop. <laughs> your lollipop. You get the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? You fucking, you, you donated blood and now you get your little sucker and you get to fucking leave. <laughs> but, but I think like, I like the- during the process, like during the episode, I definitely picked up vibes from Stephanie that she would rather be anywhere else but here. No. You did not. I, there was, there, there were hints, like little Easter, Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Just sprinkled in. Yeah. No way. Yes, yes. For the, for the seasoned listener, you'll pick up on what I'm talking about. Um, I think it hints happened somewhere. Notes. I think it happened somewhere around the second Vanderbilt reference. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. Stephanie, I'm just fucking with you. I, I, I hope you had fun. I, I, I did. God. Uh, it's like my biggest worry is that like one of these days I'll be like, Stephanie, do you want to be on an episode? And she's like, no. Fuck all that noise. She's like, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that I'm shit. my ponies. Yeah. She's like, oh, is Jake going to be bringing his truck jokes back and play? <laughs> 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 uh, no, you guys are fucking fantastic. I love having you. Uh, great chemistry between uh, Paul and and Stephanie when they're on episodes. I think they're great. Oh, 100 percent agree. Um, yeah, I, I fucking love having you guys on. You guys are fucking both great. One mm. time, mm. Paul really cracks up at my jokes, so I love him. Fuck yeah! <laughs> oh my god, rocks. <laughs> That, that that right there is a job within itself. Thank you, Paul, for doing that. I can't fake it. I can't fake it. You know what I mean? I need Paul. You I have need- to listen. I have to listen to kid jokes all day, every day. Whether I'm teaching or I got my own kids. So as soon as I get any adult joke, I'm I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to laugh. <laughs> Paul, is there anything you want to plug before we uh, wrap this fucker up? Yeah, we got animated backcast. That's kind of on a hiatus. Um, movies from the heart. We got a special little uh, episode coming on that uh, Brian will be on with me. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be Ted Lasso from the heart. Yeah, we're so, going to be recording that tomorrow, actually. Yeah, I'll be getting all deep into Ted Lasso. I don't know why I said it like that. And Brian's making the Pete Sampras fucking tennis noise. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I love it when we get super rapey at the end of an episode. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, nothing nothing brings a smile more to my face than saying things that would... <sighs> 
terrify somebody against their will. That's just fun. That's just that's good times. That's just <laughs> that's good times. what the end of podcasts are for. Exactly. That's what an end of a podcast is for. Makes sense. The last time I was on, we talked about Mike Raper. So we oh, what happened to that little rapist? What happened to him? <laughs> I bet he became Doctor Doom Junior. He oh, did. Brian we, was his origin story. Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you scarred half his body with those insults. What a Shyamalan twist! I'm telling you, I yeah. We had a listener named Mike Raper, and I haven't heard from that little rapist in a long time. Mike <laughs> <laughs> consent. Uh, Raper, I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Offensive. Um, you know, uh, yeah. What happened to you, Mike Raper? Are you still out there? Let us know. Let us know. Oh my god, what happened to Mike Raper? He was on he was on Facebook there for a little bit, Jake. Yeah, yeah, he was making the rounds, and now he's gone. Oh, he so definitely made. You can the, only assume the worst. Definitely made the rounds, didn't he? <laughs> 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 yeah, made the rounds. All laughing at more of our quote adult jokes. Yeah, yeah you know what, Jake? I <laughs> <Still> love you. <laughs> uh, somebody's drunk. I could tell when he when he said the name of his podcast, he was loaded. That was the moment I knew. <laughs> Like, and tomorrow we're gonna butt fuck Ted Lasso. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna basically give Ted Lasso the fucking shocker tomorrow. Oh, no. Yeah, two in the pink, one in the stink. How does that work on a guy? That can't, you can't give the shocker to a man. Hey, you get drunk enough, you'll figure it out. Mm. Oh my gosh, yeah, two in the fucking urethra. <laughs> Oh man! Wow, oh, Jesus Christ! Can you, I can't imagine anything going up there, Jake. Uh, just Let us know, Mike Raper. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, we miss you, Mike Raper. I'm going to dedicate this episode to Mike Raper. Yeah, fucking cheer! <laughs> I just poured out a little bit of beer in my new apartment. Hmm. I I always get excited about um. I don't know when you post them, like on Monday or Tuesday, but uh, I don't know who it is, but they put um, like non-spoiler pictures on uh, the contest. That is, that's um, a semi-dried chicken on Twitter. Yeah, yeah those are hilarious. Yeah, I love, I, that, that guy's fucking great. I love that. I love that. I love it when people do shit like that. That's so fucking great. Yeah, shout out to fucking semi-dried chicken. Who's left an iTunes review. That's when we first heard of this guy, left an iTunes review. We fucking... Rattled on and made jokes about the name. Jake said something about a truck. We all looked at each other like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" And then uh, it's I like no, fine wine. No, look at it now. I know, dude. It aged so well. Look at my little boy all grown up. Kevin Spacey don't want nothing to do with him now. Mm. Oh, he's finally safe. Mm, you're safe. <laughs> you're safe. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Spacey won't invade your safe space now. He can't get you no more. He can't get you no more. <laughs> Don't worry. He's not going to Ted Lasso that ass. 
Oh no! <laughs> I just took the most uh, innocent TV character and just turned it into a porn star. I, 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 Ted That's a- what this podcast is for, Paul. Ted Asso. Ted Asso. Ted Asso. <laughs> <laughs> Tap that Asso is what they. Anyway, let's uh, let's wrap this fucking thing up. This is stupid, and I'm ashamed that I'm a part of it. Um, guys, just like. <laughs> We're still going to do like a half an hour rape jokes after we go off the air, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's happening. All right. Good, 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 good. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. All right. Just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode 354. Jake, we are just creeping closer to 400. Sneaky, sneaky. We're over the hump. Yeah, it's like a roller coaster ride. We're just going to fly into that 400 now. You know who's not over the hump? Ted Asso. (laughs) (laughs) He's not over the hump. He'll never get over the hump. He'll never get over the hump. He's all about the hump. (laughs) 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 To do the hump, the hump. All right, guys. I heard he wants to busy hit a Burger King bathroom. (laughs) 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 See ya. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Could it toss it, could it taste it? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party, subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers, and the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers, podcasts that are originally good, have already been done before, so we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft of crap Even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the poor kids it, it, It's a trap Good it toss it, good it taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hate erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture push over Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers the band that's singing this pop culture It. Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture, leftovers.
Hey, welcome to the show. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Yakety, yakety. Hello. It's me again. Hello. La, 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 <laughs> 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 You are quite the wordsmith, Paul. 